Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Crimes, Killers, Cults, and Beer. Patri- oh, oh, and Beer. <laughs> this, is not, this is not the Patreon edition. <laughs> no, this is a regular one. We haven't done one of these in a while. No, we haven't. We've been so far ahead. But, um, but anyway. Yeah, the Patreon is out, but... Yeah, we don't have the actual, yeah. you know, by the time this episode is released, it'll have been out for a week or two. So. <laughs> Let's hope so. Yeah. So, anyway, just two crazy Florida men just around drinking beer, talking about true crime. Because the fact yes. that it's two Florida men just makes it a little more nuts. <laughs> Indeed. For example, you might have a, you know, might be a story out there about me riding an elephant um, through the McDonald's <laughs> drive-through to to get chicken nuggets, yelling, yelling, um, Omaha. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Omaha. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> anyway, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking Swamp Ape. It is a double IPA and 10% ABV. So I'm probably only having one. Uh, you know this is a long episode, right? Yeah, that's why I said I'm only having one. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, usually when I hit the high the high ABV, uh, APV fucking beers, it tends to go off the rails. So well, I'm, any, Anybody who listened to the Bathory episode knows what you're talking about. Yes. <laughs> But you know, dude, I, I, again, I figured well, you know. It's like, I, I was off the rails too. I was off the rails on that one too. Yeah. So don't. But you know, I, I figured, <laughs> dude, we're, we're Florida man, swamp ape, skunk ape, kind of the same thing. So let's let's give it a try. They are. So you know, okay. whatever. Good. But yeah, like I said, I'm only having one because I might have one near the end. I might grab another one, but no, I'm just having one because yeah, these ten, the ten percenters tend to make me get stupid. Is it good? It's a double IPA, so if you know what that tastes like, yeah, it's good. You wouldn't like it. <laughs> yeah, because I'm drinking Bud Light. Yeah, yeah, you definitely wouldn't like it, but I dig it. <laughs> so, unless there's any more, do you have any more ado? I don't, other than I'm gonna, I don't. Actually, I do have a little bit of an ado here. I just want to say one thing. Okay. That's Bill. <laughs> and that's Todd. <laughs> and now I have no more ado, so let's get into the story, shall we? Because it's a long one. Well, that's well, that's not a do. That's part of the show. But I thought I thought I did that. No, you didn't. Oh, okay. But anyway, well, it's there now, so let's roll. Cool. It's there now. So, okay. Oh man, we got a long one for you. And this is probably going. I'm, there ain't no probably about it. this. Is the this is the worst one, that, the worst case that we've covered so far. Oh, great! All right, uh, no here. Don't worry. Before we get started, though, anybody want to take any bets on how many times Bill says "buckle up"? <laughs> <laughs> you know that's gonna be what? that's gonna be a fucking t-shirt too, bro. <laughs> because you say that a lot. I'm gonna do I'm I'm gonna do my best not to say it at all in this episode. Okay. Cool. 
So buckle up. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do my best not to say it at all this episode. Buckle up. Let's go. <laughs> all right. Let's get this so, road on the show, yeah. brother. Tonight, we are covering the Australian Bodies and Barrels murders, a.k.a. the Snowtown murders, and they were, which were committed by a gang, a, a serial killer gang led by John Bunting. And the, I'm just going to get this out of the way right now um, because I don't have this in my notes. Um, the that's, that's the thing. It's the seventh season of Dexter where they had the girls in the barrels. I'm pretty sure that that was that was based on this case. Okay. I would I would put money on it. So that's why it sounds familiar then. Yeah, although the the um the the backstory behind the people in barrels and everything it's um completely different. Completely but, different. But the bodies so I'm, the I'm, bodies in barrels was a. Yeah, I'd be willing to bet that this that it was based on this case. All right, cool. So we're going back down under to cover John Bunton, Bunt, Bunton, Bunting, and the Bodies and Barrels case, aka Snowtown. And I already said that you did, but that's all right. So, so on May twenty ninth, nineteen ninety nine, South Australian police <coughs> were called to investigate an abandoned bank building in, in Snowtown. This was in connection to the disappearance of multiple missing people, but the police weren't prepared for what they found inside. In the vault, they found six barrels full of acid and the remains of eight people. Oh. And the stench was so bad that they had to use breathing equipment just to just to be in the, the vault. There were also tools found scattered around and everything, and um, they also found evidence of... Yeah, that these tools were used for torture and for cannibalism. Oh, boy. Here we go. So the police later discovered that these killings weren't done by one person, but a group of four men led by John Bunting. But what happened later with the, when, with the victims... But what happened later with the victims were identified, it made it even crazier. The, the victims... Some of the victims, not all, were pedophiles, homosexuals, addicts, and people who the killers deemed weak in an attempt to cleanse society. Oh. So well, apparently that's, that's Aussie a killers twist. don't. <laughs> yeah. But um, apparently Aussie serial killers don't fuck around. Yeah, I guess you not. Know, think back to. <laughs> Damn. Think back to the true, the true row, the true row. <laughs> yeah, right. That was off. That was off the chain crazy, too. It sure was. Yeah, dude, that's... All right. Well, see, at least, hey, at least they're killing killers and people... They, I yeah. mean, people they perceive to be bad, I guess, is what I mean. Yeah, just put a pin in that. Yeah, I had a feeling that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> so, source material is No Place for the Week, a true story of deviance, torture, and social cleansing by our faith... Our favorite author on Crimes, Crows, Cults, and Beer, Ryan Green. Ryan, yay! So, John Bunting was born on September 4th, 1966 in Inala, Queensland. Another Virgo. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and he had eating issues as a baby. His, his parents couldn't even get him to breastfeed, and he would only eat if fed manually. 
Uh, but even then, he would, you know, fight. How do you yeah, not want to suck on a tit, man? Come on. <laughs> but well, you're you're gonna find out. Oh, okay. He didn't. <laughs> he didn't gain weight normally, and he was literally skin skin and bones. And finally, he was taken to a doctor, where through multiple examinations, it was determined that he couldn't smell anything and he couldn't taste anything either. Oh. So his mother began altering his menu to accommodate you know, this, meaning um, spicy. Oh, she ramped it up to get him to try to taste something. Right. So it's just, yeah. So it's like, so, so once once he could taste something, he started eating, and it, you know, and obviously whether he, you know, just could actually taste the heat or not, or whether it was. Um, dampened a little bit by the fact that he couldn't taste or whatever at least he could taste something yeah at this point so, so did she just start eating so started, spicy food to like spice up her titty milk <laughs> no, he, he wasn't breastfed uh, i know i got that dude him. i was trying to make no they they, they know, spiced whatever. up they, they spiced up they spiced up her or his food not hers yeah well you know dude i would like do it like so, start eating spicy foods yourself it might spice up your titty milk and then maybe he'll want to suck your titty yeah, in it could could i mean you know you get you know and hey before you before you go canceling me because i'm saying all this shit dude it's all in fun it's a joke i'm not canceling you not you no but what (laughs) oh yeah so what what they do is they you know they they get the little bottles of baby food and everything yeah yeah you get the you get the 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 crushed bananas or whatever sprinkle sprinkle some you know cayenne pepper on it some cayenne pepper some chili flakes put some red chili flakes on it yeah fuck yeah dude i get it yeah Actually, you know what? That might not be all that bad. I mean, <laughs> yeah, now that you mentioned it. I mean, not that I'm going to go out and buy some baby food and put some fucking cayenne pepper and chili flakes on it, but hey, you never know. No, but but I'm, but it's it's basically the same thing because after all, you know, the peppers are are fruit. They are. So are tomatoes. So a, a lot but, of know, times, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know uh, you know, but you know. Oh. <laughs> so he soon he started putting on weight and he was brought up in a strict household, but later in life the rules were relaxed a bit. And he didn't really feel the need for friends as he got older. I mean, he had a, a couple people that he hung out with, but he he really yeah, he, he was basically content to focus on schoolwork and the only people that he really interacted with was his cousins <clears throat> and their friends. But he was popular. He just didn't care about being popular. Oh. So on a school break in 1974, he had what he referred to as the accident happen to happen to him. Okay. He was playing in the basement with a friend of his. And late, later, an older brother of, of, of the friend showed up and asked... If they wanted to play a big boy game, to which John said politely, no, thank you. But the teenager didn't want to take no for an answer, so he punched John really hard, knocked him down with a single punch. Then the the punk tried to to stomp John's nuts, but John had closed his legs to protect the family jewels. Right on. Good for him. But that just pissed off the punk even more, though. Yeah. John's friend tried to run, but the teenage punk tackled him and knocked him out cold uh, apparently at the high school they had served um 
You know, been serving chicken parm a la PCP. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> because then. this douchebag was on the warpath. <laughs> oh boy! All right. John tried to get up, but the punk grabbed him and beat him several more times. Threw him down. Then he ripped off his clothes, tied him up. John tried to fight, but the teenager overpowered and raped him. And this was John's first. Yeah, this was John's first. You know, he knew nothing about sex or homosexuality prior to this, and he had just been violently raped. Yeah. So, how did I know it was going there? Yeah, a lot of these stories start off similar. Yeah, but anyway, shortly, shortly later, three of the teenagers' friends showed up, and they took turns on John. This abuse lasted for hours, and then they were finally done. They untied him, and they just left. And John was numb, and he went home. And it was evening time by the time that he got home, and John had, had missed his curfew. And, you know, he got in trouble for that. Yeah. But he didn't, you know. He, he went to bed trying to process what had happened to him, and he considered reporting the assault to the police, but he was ashamed and angry and scared. So he basically pushed it down. You know, he, he already didn't have taste and smell, but now he no longer felt excitement and joy either and his his parents thought had thought that he was just sulking about or something right yeah just like you know teen <clears throat> you know preteen angst or whatever mm-hmm. but john had to live with it and he always he always seemed to run into these sick fucks too they would they would smirk and make fun of him and making gestures so he couldn't escape this so you know, the question, nature versus nurture, this is nurture for sure. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So the the following year, the the following year, um, the ringleader of these pukes cornered John and said that he better not have told anyone. He threatened that if he told anyone, they would have parties like that every week, and he slapped him. Oh, shit. All right. Fuck. John replied that he understood with a cold growl and the the punk faked like he was going to punch John but John didn't even flinch. Right on. <laughs> Good for him. Mhm. Over the next few months the three other rapists cornered John and made threats of their own. You know, to, to the same result. You know, hate and indifference. Basically the monster was loose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Fuck. So John had always um, torched dance with a magnifying glass, but he, I mean, who didn't? But but he stepped it up, and now he would scoop up lots of them in a jar, take them home, and douse them in chemicals to dissolve them. Oh, shit. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) He, He got nothing... He got nothing from that, so he escalated. Brace yourself, Todd. Oh, boy. What, not not buckle up? <laughs> no, brace yourself. <laughs> All right. Because he, he started he started throwing rocks at cats. Oh, here we go. He would catch and squeeze them until their bones broke and he was he was imagining what he that he was doing this to the four pukes that had raped him. And he admitted to feeling guilt and shame for this, but he had compartmentalized his shame and rage to keep it a secret. But he had to have an outlet for it somehow. Yeah. Boy cats. 
I like cats too. I know, but, but dude, you know, whatever. But why like any any animal like that? I mean, dude, like, uh, I mean, I get it. That's how it starts. I mean, I I, I understand that, but damn it, <laughs> I am the crazy cat lady, motherfucker. <laughs> don't don't be killing cats. <laughs> well, cats, um, you know, they'll 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 eat you if you die. Yes, they do. I, I think I, I think I heard. I think I heard that. I think I heard that somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. I, I heard it on Kitty Chat with Todd. Yeah, uh, we don't we don't need to run that ad. This is no, this is, we don't need. We're not going to anyway. do that anyway. But yeah, no, dude. It's like Mine. why cats, man? Why is it always cats? It just is. So, um, not surprisingly, his school performance started to suffer, and by age twelve, he was failing at all of his classes except for chemistry, where he excelled. Oh, boy. He was fascinated by the process of combining several harmless chemicals and making them deadly. Uh-huh. So he started getting into fights, and he became good at it. He didn't care who it was. He always came out as the winner, no matter how much damage he took in the process. He just didn't quit. It's like a freaking modern-day modern day Boone Helm. Yeah. Or like Rocky, Literally, dude, considering what like happens, he's like a piece of iron. Not, yeah, but you know, he he wound up with the same appetite that Boone Helm had later on, and um, had toward the end of the episode. Yeah, well, you know, that so we literally got a modern day Boone Helm. Yeah. Oh, and more ways than one, too. Holy crap! We'll get just. We'll get into that. So, <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> he also decided that nobody would ever tell him what to do again. His family life crumbled, and his parents were afraid that he was drinking or doing drugs. Yeah, you know, he wasn't. Yeah, you know, he he saw drug addiction as a weakness, and he's but he's spent his time on more dangerous hobbies. I see. Yeah. Well, you know. So by. I suppose if what happened if what happened to me happened to him, I might have turned out the same way I did. I can't, you know what I mean. You said it. If what happened to me happened to him, no. If what happened to him, I mean, if 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 whatever, what if if what happened to him happened to me, dude? I can't say that I wouldn't have turned out the same way because, dude, that's just oh, I know, fucked up. I know, but you said what if what happened to me happened to him? Did I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn, dude, and I'm only like I'm not even halfway through this fucking beer yet. Holy fuck. <laughs> so, um by his 13th birthday, he was sinking deeper and deeper into keeping himself from being sexually abused again. He had completely socially isolated himself and was actually but he was actually got to the point where he was desperate for some type of human connection. He wanted that. But he met Benny instead. Oh. <laughs> Benny was a man in his 40s, and they, they just happened to randomly meet up in a park when where John was wandering aimlessly around town. <laughs> they started discussing horrible topics and everything, and Benny told him not to be hanging around in the, the park because it was a known as a hookup spot for the gay community. He said... He said they'd they'd rape a pretty young thing like you yeah, just after after just one look at you. 
Yeah, Benny had expected to share, to scare John off with this horrific story, but, you know, with all that and all the other stories he was telling him, but, and especially the part about the gays raping him, but John, but John said, let them try, I'll fucking kill him. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. It was the start of a mentorship for all the wrong reasons. Um, Benny was a racist who believed in white supremacy, more specifically the superiority of the straight white man. Um, he had neo, neo-Nazi tattoos and upon further research I found out that he had even been to Alabama where he met and indoctr- indoctrinated a young Joseph Paul Franklin oh. he, had, he had bought Joseph his first Nazi uniform and he had taught him the Nazi salutes and he also lent Joseph his copy of Mein Kampf but he wanted it back which is why JPF had to steal his own copy from the library oh um, well, he even taught Joseph. He even taught Joseph how to say "Dang, dang, my comfort big dog" with the with with the perfect Hitlerific dialect. And uh, I might have made that part up. Yeah, we, yeah, that, that, that may or, that part may or may not be true. Yeah, episode twenty-four: racist serial killer Joseph Paul Franklin. Yes. <laughs> but you know what? It could be possible. Could be. We don't know. We don't know that he wasn't in Alabama. We don't know. (laughs) But seriously, Benny viewed everyone other than the straight white man as inferior. He considered gay people to be the worst, which was convenient for John, considering how John felt about the gays. Yeah. Benny also didn't like disabled people, drug users, aboriginals. And Asians. But what made the gays so worse is that you couldn't identify the gays on sight. Uh, yeah. He, he obviously hasn't, wasn't around today. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Cause, cause they don't, they don't hide it anymore. <laughs> yeah, they don't. And dude, it's fine, dude. Be proud. You know, go for yeah, it. Yeah. Be who but, you are, dude. That's all. You know, it don't matter. Right. The the gays had to hit on somebody before before they were identified as gays. And Benny had made gays the focus of his war for white supremacy with John. And with John he had a new recruit. Yeah. I just I just so don't they would see meet how up. that Oh never mind. I <sighs> They would meet up smoking cigarettes and talking about how much they hated the queers. You know, much much like <clears throat> JPF and the various hates groups that he had joined, they were sitting back there about how much they hated blacks. Yeah. But um, but their talk, but their talks did turn to action, unlike old JPF. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> God. <laughs> anyway, John would hang out near the local gay hotspot <laughs> and wait for someone to hit on him. And, and and he was hit on a lot because he was yeah. a good looking he was a good looking kid. So so he would lead the man into a back alley promising sex where Benny was waiting, and he'd pounce and together Benny and John would beat the shit out of the man, rob yeah. them, spit on them, and leave them bleeding. And and none of their victims reported them to the police. You know, Christopher yeah. Worrell, oh, the yeah. true the true murders. You know that's. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, I gotta wonder. I don't remember the exact timeline of Truro, but I'm wondering if these guys ever met up yeah. at some point, Worrell and um, and John Bunting. 
They were in the same area. Right. Yeah, they were possible. in the same area. I don't know. We'll have to do. <laughs> we'll have to do a little more research, and we'll we'll clarify yeah. that in a future episode. So, So John may have had weight issues as a kid, but he was but he had been bulking up in weight and muscle mass, and he also began to work on his charm. He had the ability to lie, and Benny couldn't talk to gay men, but John could charm them, which made their their homophobic uh, activities really easy. Kind of makes you wonder. Wonder well, what? he was so good at it. Oh no, nah, he was no, he was he was not um, hiding saying. in the closet. I guarantee you that. <laughs> just saying. John was a late John was a late bloomer in puberty and the only sexual contact that he had ever had at this point was from the four pukes who had raped him. But by age fifteen he wanted to see what his sexual preference was. So, you know, he he said that if that if if it turned out that he that he liked men oh. more than women he'd kill himself. But but like I said earlier he was good looking, and he always had the the eyes of girls on him even though he wasn't you know able to reciprocate at that point. But he was <laughs> yeah. ready to reciprocate now. It didn't it didn't take long for him to start <laughs> having sex with girls and on on his first experience. He had sex oh, and then yeah. bounced the next day. You know, he enjoyed it, but he didn't. He didn't care to have anything to uh, do, anything more to do with her. Four months later, four months later, he bumped into her again. Oh and boy! She had a bump of her own. Oh, John boy, was going to go. be a daddy. And the plot thinnings. <laughs> Actually, it does. Uh, I know. And we're gonna we're we're, we're like there. There's, he um he asked her to marry him. And yes oh. or no? Take a guess. Well, I got a fifty fifty chance. I'm gonna say that she said no. Yay! Well, I had a fifty fifty chance. So Ding. I mean, <laughs> that's better than most chances I get. Have I ever watched? Have you ever what? watched? She wants to be a millionaire. Who wants to be a millionaire? They screw up. Yeah, I know, but dude, that that shit's on TV to create drama, dude. (laughs) It is what it is. Metro. So, um, she wanted nothing to do with John, and she didn't want him in her child's life either. She (laughs) just wanted that money. So, so what did he do? Take a guess. Oh, Jesus. See, this isn't 50-50, so I'll probably get this wrong. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what did he do um, I don't know I beat her up forced her to marry him I don't know no actually no she's a nah. straight white female so no he wouldn't nah. marry her um, <laughs> I don't know no. I have no idea So he he wasn't happy about being left out, but he did agree to pay a child support. So he got a job. Oh, he did? Oh, wow. See, I never saw that coming. Yeah. All right. So, so he got a job. Take a guess where. Oh, God. At a gay bar? <laughs> no. <laughs> but it does, it, it, it kind of makes sense in the story. I'll give you that hint. 
Uh, oh, dude, I'm drawing a blank, dude. Totally drawing a blank. I'm sorry. The local crematorium. The local crematorium. Oh, you got a job at the crematorium? Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I never would have guessed that either. Like, even know, even knowing what, even knowing, kind of knowing what this story is about, I never would have guessed that. <laughs> but so far, this case literally guides itself to the next logical step. So he got raped. He hates gays. He killed animals, and now he gets a job where he'll have close contact with dead bodies. But yeah, you know, he made sure he took the gold oh, fillings. God, and dude, no. He he made. It doesn't go there, does it? No, it doesn't. But he did make sure that he okay. took the gold fillings and jewelry off the corpses. Like in an RPG. Well, yeah, you know, because you do that. Yeah, you got to loot, <laughs> man. Shit, that, that's what happened. So he shortly later got an apartment with a couple of friends, and he and Benny continued their war on them homos. But but yeah. Benny had started to distance himself, distance himself from John. See, Benny had lost his mojo, it seemed. Uh oh. John would have to show up at his house and drag him out to go hunting. Take a guess why. Oh. Why would he lose his mojo? Did, did he no, settle down he with a no, with a gay man? He did not. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm drawing a blank again. I'm sorry. Throat cancer. <laughs> Throat cancer. Like how am I supposed <laughs> to guess that? I don't know. <laughs> you might get it right. I I tried to give you hints. It's like okay. Well, uh, yeah. No, dude. No, dude. I never would have well, guessed fucking just, throat just, cancer. I would have. I would have allowed just just cancer. I would have allowed cancer. I wouldn't have even gone there, dude. So Benny wound up in hospitals, and his condition was deteriorating fast. But John was by his bedside talking to him, being a good friend. He would even sneak him cigarettes and hold them for Benny because Benny was too weak to hold it for himself. <laughs> He's got throat cancer. Stage four. Here, have a cigarette. Here, here's, here have a cigarette, throat cancer yeah. patient. <laughs> so... So one day, Benny went to sleep, and he never woke up. He was in a coma for a couple of days. That's the way I want to go. He, he was in a coma for a couple of days before he died, and when he did die, he was taken out of the hospital room, and John dropped to his knees. He threw his hands in the air and, and screamed, Fire Pig Nugan! <laughs> no. No, he didn't. <laughs> But but what he but what he did do was go through Benny's apartment collecting all of the racist and Nazi literature that he had. He then brought them over to his own apartment and he left them out in the open where his roommates started reading it and buying into it, or not. Or not. <laughs> what isn't mentioned in this book is whether or not Benny was cremated. Oh, God, dude, that is. So. Let's just pretend that he was. Let's, we'll just pretend that he was and that John was the guy that did it and totally looted his body. Well, 
actually, I I can imagine that. I mean, now John or John was devastated with um, you know, when he, you know, when Benny died. Yeah, dude, but dude, gold teeth or gold this teeth, is man. This is true. <laughs> so John, gold is gold, motherfucker. So John, without a partner in crime, faded back to. And tried to be normal. He was drinking with his friends, but he, he couldn't stop talking about how there were monsters out there hurting children. And it got to the point to where that was all he was talking about. And his roommates wow. and friends would later be obsessed with it. Yeah. You know, he, and, but he wasn't wrong. I mean, these people were out there and everything, but it was literally all he talked about. Kind of, kind of like flat earthers. John did get to see his son from time to time, but it was only because his baby mama could soften him up for more money. But Uh only, you know, you want to see your son? Mo money, mo money, mo money. (laughs) Pay me. (laughs) Pay for play date. He knew that she was a gold digger, but he didn't care. He loved his son, but his world was about to be shattered, though. His mo- his mother, his son's mother, his his babe, his baby mama told him that they were going to be moving to England and that he would never see either one of them again. So he so Uh-oh. so he had he had lost his BFF, and now he was losing his son. Yeah, that's enough to send you over the edge that you were already over. Yep. So, about the same time, his roommate started branching out and leaving, and he he had to feel like an ant looking up to see a size twelve R.M. Williams shoe coming down to crush everything that the ant had worked so hard to build. <laughs> yep. But but not all was lost. He had a friend named Kevin Reed, oh. and he suggested they get the hell out of Dodge. And John agreed, and they got a couple of other people to come along as well. They'd sell all their things. They'd drive cross-country over to the West Coast and, and make a good life for themselves. John visited his parents to say goodbye. And these guys aren't even 18 at point at this point, and Australia is a huge continent. The, yes, yes, the trip is. didn't go well. They weren't experienced drivers either. They didn't know the, the rough terrain. They didn't even buy a road map because they figured it would be an extra expense and they'd just use road signs. <laughs> so they were going around in circles. They were getting pissed. And they turn, turned on each other and everything. And finally, after weeks, they wound up in Adelaide. And they they liked the big city that was waiting for them. And while the others quickly found jobs, John was looking for money from a different source. Take a guess. Uh, you better get this one. Huh. Different source. Like what? Like robbing, beating up and robbing you got it. people? You got it! Hey! <laughs> <laughs> um... He knew they were out there. They were everywhere. He just had to find them. But the system that he and Benny had worked out wasn't going too well in Adelaide. There was too many people. The city was too bright, too liberal. 
And the 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 gay men here wouldn't be afraid to call the police if he had mugged them. Oh. <laughs> so so finally John got a job at a meat processing plant and he was great with a knife and jo- John quickly got moved to the <laughs> the slaughterhouse where he would be cutting the throats of cattle in a split second without even batting an eye. Oh, really he didn't use the bolt gun. Nah. Well, I mean, it, it didn't, it didn't say. But once again, step by step in the story, all of his friends had jobs. You know, it's, but John was, John was making yeah. more than all of them and they, they, they got a place and they got along well. But you see, the, um, one thing about this job in the slaughterhouse and everything, you know, the people that do it, I mean, they really can't stay in there and, you know, do their thing for very long. Because of the smell. John couldn't smell. Yeah. So. So, um, soon they got caught up on their bills and had some disposable income. And John began collecting weapons that he ordered from the pages of his Nazi magazines. And. Oh, God. (laughs) He also got into metalworks and, and bought tools of the trade. And he took classes at a community college. He was also drinking a lot, and Benny might have had a problem with that. Right? John was... But I bet he wasn't drinking Foster's. Uh, No, he was definitely not drinking Foster's. Not Australian for beer. (laughs) Not Australian for beer. Only in America. Anyway. (laughs) But John was loved at his job. He and his roommates were close, and he had a new hobby. He had a new hobby, and he was making friends, but he still right. wasn't happy. His dark passenger wouldn't allow it. But, <laughs> yeah, but right. he still had his good looks and charms, and then a, a, a lady named Veronica Tripp took interest in him, and she was very persuasive. But she was also intellectually challenged, and John was nice to her. They, they, were, they were married oh, several months right. after they met, they had a lovely wedding at a at a courthouse, and the reception was a pub crawl. <laughs> Not kidding. That's what's in the book. Fuck yeah, <laughs> dude. No, so that actually that's happened? Book. All right. If I make something up, I'll admit it. Like right after I say it. So. Oh, I know. <laughs> Most... Dude, I, dude I, I was laughing, and I didn't quite hear what you said, but oh, that's yeah. fucking awesome. So most of the people who attended the pub the crawl. pub crawl reception were Veronica's friends because she had lived there all her life. But the big bosses from John's job even attended. You know, John had it made, but it wasn't enough, though. His, his shift and his wife's and roommate shifts were completely opposite. He, he was working nights. Everybody else was working days. So he mm. could have asked for a different shift, but he didn't. So he would come home to an empty house where he'd work on his metalworks. And all the while, one of the roommates had a dog. And that, oh, and you know no. what they say about dogs? If, you know, it's, it, 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 there's nothing wrong with it if a, if a person doesn't like a dog, doesn't like dogs. But if a dog doesn't like a person, yeah. then there's, there's yeah. an issue. So, that dog hated John, and the feeling was mutual. Uh, so the dog would growl at him, and he'd growl right back. 
So, yeah, because that helps. <laughs> but finally, John John had had enough of the dog, so he fired his up his blowtorch and just used your imagination as to what happened next. Oh no, I don't. I okay. It's gotcha. in the book, but I. This episode is long enough as it is. Yeah, let's not let's not get graphic. Yeah, yeah fuck. That's terrible. Poor doggy. So John buried the dog in his backyard, and when the roommates came home, he had said that there had been an accident with the blowtorch, and he had buried the dog. And <clears throat> everyone believed that he would never hurt a dog, and he, you know, legitimately felt bad about doing it as as he did, you know, earlier in the episode with the cats. You know, he, but even though they they didn't think that he had murdered the dog, the friend the the friendship dynamic in the house changed. Obviously, oh yeah, of course yeah. it would. It's like, you know, like you're my bro and everything, but I know you didn't do it on purpose. But you killed my dog, man. Yeah, man, we can't have that <laughs> shit, bro. So. Something's going to change around here. So finally, John and Veronica got a place in the, of their own in Salisbury outside of Adelaide. This was a lower-income, crime-riddled area, and they were so they were able to get a big house for just the two of them because they, they both had good jobs. You know, the, the rest of the All people right. in that neighborhood, not so much. Yeah. So, you know, but it was everybody's... It was one of the... You know, it, it was basically like a trailer park or a ghetto or whatever where everybody's in everybody's business and all that stuff because, mm-hmm. you know, and a, a lot of the people are on welfare, so they're not working, so they're there. So, the, you know, people in areas like that are a, a lot, you know, they know everybody's business. It's got that small town feeling for it and not necessarily in a good way, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I got you. So now we're going to meet the people who wound up in John's circle. Barry Lane. He had just finished um, serving a prison term for sexually abusing two 12-year-old boys. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So he stuck out like a sore thumb because he was six feet tall and he looked like a lumberjack. He often put on women's clothing just like his dear pawpaw. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Suspendies in a bra. What? Oh, yeah, suspendies and a bra. I want to be a woman just like my dear papa. But the thing is, is I mean, I added the I added the oh, Monty boy. Python reference, but he was a crossdresser, and he was six feet tall. Oh, so he really was. So he really was. Uh, <laughs> so he really wanted to be a lumberjack. <laughs> yep. I'm not. I'm not sure if he was trans. Oh god. I'm not sure if he was transgender, and I really don't think that he was. But he was. Um. But he was definitely gay, and he definitely liked boys. Uh, okay. When well. he when he dressed up, he would call himself Vanessa. So I mean that he's. When he wasn't dressed up, he was Barry. So that's not a transgender person. That's a that's just somebody that likes to cross dress. Yeah, because transgender people they are their alter ego. They are that right. person. Yeah, they are that person all the time. All the, time. Yeah. the the person they were born as is the alter ego. 
the person that they identify yeah. with. If if you want to, I mean, I would even call it that, like with trans people. It's just, yeah, it's just it. I I I was I was born a guy, but I am not a guy, so I'm going to be a woman, and you will call me this from now on, and blah blah blah. Right. They never go back to their other name. There is no other name. Right. So they are. So if you're Barry at if you're Barry at noon and um and Vanessa at six, you're not transgender. No. Yeah, you're just a crossdresser. And he's gay too. Which I mean, whatever. There's nothing wrong with that yeah. either, dude. Well, you know, whatever makes you happy. Shit. So, so Robert Wagner, another. He was he was 13 years old when he first met Barry. The actor? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but the 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 two. Oh, sorry, I couldn't help it. He was 13 years old. And the two of them were an item, and Robert had run away from home to live with with Barry. Roberts. Robert's father had constantly abused him, which is what made him very easy prey for Barry. But this setup was perfect for Robert. Yeah, he he wasn't being forced, even though the relationship was illegal. It was consensual as far as they were concerned. Okay. So we all know about how John felt about gay men and pedophiles, right? I'm sure you were wondering about that. Oh yeah, yeah. I was wondering how this guy is part of his fucking crew. Yeah, so I'm about to tell you, but he 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 became friends with Robert right off the bat, and John had invited the two of them for dinner, and Barry showed up as Vanessa, and Ver- oh, Veronica, boy. John's wife, was scared that John was going to fly off the handle. She's like, no, 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 and. She, but he didn't, and the four of them had a very nice get together. What? Just, just hold on. I'm, I'm getting there. So when, oh, I know. <laughs> I, I know. It's, it's it, okay. It, this, this story, this story is crazy. I mean, it's. <laughs> but when, when they left, Veronica obviously confused. She's like, "All right, just tell me what the hell was go. What the hell was that? It was all about." It's like I I listen I listen to you talk about how much you hate the gays and the pedos and all that stuff and everything. I listen to you I listen to you rattle on all, all you know twenty four seven about that shit. And you just sat down and had a nice dinner with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd be yeah. curious about that myself. Like what the actual fuck? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it would it would be like me if I fucking you know, if I fucking came home with a freaking um, Kramer guitar. Dude, there's nothing or, wrong okay, with Kramer. Okay, a B.C. Rich Warlock. There's nothing wrong with B.C. Rich either. Well, there's nothing wrong with gay people either. Gotcha! <laughs> yeah, you did. You got me. Yeah, there is nothing wrong with gay people either. <laughs> But I know, but see though, here's the thing though, dude. I know you're a fucking, you're a snob, dude. You love your Gibsons and Gibsons. My, stuff, I, my Ibanez and my Sterling. But. Yeah, but you still have two fucking Gibsons. I do. Which is too, too many in my opinion. <laughs> so, um, so John, after she asked him what had happened, you know, like, what the hell just happened here? John replied, says, that yeah. he'll get his, don't you worry. So, 
Oh, he had ulterior motives. He did, and which we will get to. Yeah, so before too long, John was the ringleader of the neighborhood rejects, you know, and John was friendly with all of them, some of which who were gay. Um, Mark Hayden, uh, he was another new friend, and Mark seemed to, Mark seemed to be the only one in John's growing circles that was, <laughs> so Mark, Mark seemed to be the only one in John's growing circle that was just a regular dude. He wasn't gay. He wasn't a pedo. Yeah. He wasn't a druggie. He wasn't disabled. He wasn't anything. You know, he was just a, he was just a guy. <laughs> but yeah. others included Susan Allen and her tenant Ray Davies. Now Ray was mentally disabled and Ray Davies, <laughs> the guy from the Kinks? <laughs> Not that Ray Davies. <laughs> I think there's a couple more like names like this in the story well, too. Dude, so far we've had Robert <laughs> Wagner Davies, and now Ray yeah. Davies. Like, dude, what the fuck is this story you're telling me? <laughs> Are you just making no. this shit up? So Ray was mentally disabled and required assistance from Susan. You know, so well that explains the kinks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ray. I'm just playing. So, um, he, he had a, you know, he rented a spot on camp, on, he rented a, fuck. He rented a spot on Suz, on Suzanne's property, and, you know, where she, she let him park his camper van. Oh, God, no, Yeah, really? he had a camper van. Oh, of course. They always have camper vans. But th- this was kind of a strange arrangement though it was kind of kind of like a warped role reversal so when um when ray would miss rent payments suzanne would take the payment from him on the bed if you catch my drift oh I'm, yeah i'm picking up what you're yeah, putting so, now. um it's usually the other way around <laughs> so yeah ray began to think that they were an item but in all actuality susan was just or, Suzanne was just a horny woman. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. No. But of all the... Uh, well, you know. And we also find out later that Suzanne didn't own this property. She was renting it. So she was just basically subletting it out for the camper, for Ray and his camper van. Oh, uh, well, okay. That can't be, well, I don't know. Maybe it is legal. Maybe it's in her lease that she could do could that. Be. But usually it's right. not. <laughs> but she had, a, she had a good chunk of land, too. So, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. So, They're never going to know. Who knows? Right. Who cares? <laughs> so, of all the people, Robert Wagner was John's closest friend. 13-year-old Robert Wagner. And John John had felt sorry for him because of his childhood. And And with that in mind... Robert was still being victimized by Barry. Oh, shit. Okay. So it didn't take long for the war on child molesters to become a main conversation point between John, Ray, Robert, and Mark. Barry was aware of this, but he kept his mouth shut. You know. <laughs> you know he, as as you yeah. would. Fearing for your life at this moment. Yeah, and, but he, he, he thought that if he kept his mouth shut, then John would let him continue with Robert. Uh, yeah, like I said, you yeah. know, keep your mouth shut. Mm-hmm. Live, live and don't, let live. Don't raise the fucking wrath of the fucking 
the pedo haters. Yeah, the Nazi pedo hater. That's a good way to get your life ended. <laughs> and keep in mind, he hasn't killed. He hasn't killed anyway. anybody at this point. A lot of setup in this story. Well, a lot of setup, but you know, we know where it's going. Yeah. So Clint. Or we wouldn't be talking about it. Right. So Clinton Trezise was another guy who fell in with John. And he was more like the guy who hung around and the people tolerated. He was just like, oh, that guy. Okay. What's up? What's up, Clint? Oh, that guy. What's up, Clint? We've all got friends like that. Man. But, um, yep. Hey, and if you, you know, if you don't have that friend in your group, you are that exactly, <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, he he was gay and he was flamboyant and he would wear loud colored bright clothes and matching pants. And John nicknamed him Happy Pants. Happy Pants, <laughs> I love but it. it wasn't an enduring nickname either, and Clinton knew it. Yeah. So John, that's so good. I mean, dude, happy pants. How can you be mad at that? Because, dude, you like wearing happy pants. He calls you happy pants. That's like your oh, thing. It's fucking, it's it's fucking happy pants again. <laughs> oh, it's fucking happy pants. Yeah, I know. And you'd be like, God damn right, happy pants is here, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so John started with little verbal jabs at Clinton. Nothing serious, but they did make Clinton uncomfortable. Yeah, before too long, John lost interest in his job at the slaughterhouse because of the fact that he didn't have to pay child support anymore. But also, you know, he he began focusing on the dark urges and how to satisfy them. Most most people in the in his circle, they didn't even have jobs and they lived off the government, and this mindset wore off on John. So, he ultimately quit his job and got on welfare as well but and veronica obviously wasn't thrilled by this but john didn't care so this resulted in john's crew just hanging around the house all day and night and watching tv and drinking and not much else you know listen to listen to john's there's pedos all over the place (laughs) (laughs) but barry became bold around John and he would flaunt his sexuality in front of him and and he knew that he, he knew that he was safe as long as he and Robert were a thing you know not able to and not able to not being able to beat the snot out of Barry was driving John nuts right and this also contributed to John's jab at happy pants you know one day um, John escalated on Clinton. He made a, a he Uh-oh. made a happy pants joke at him, and Clinton nervously laughed. And John just snapped, and he's like, "You think it's funny touching little kids that can't protect themselves?" And Clinton was confused because while he was gay, he had zero interest in kids, and he told John to fuck off. So John fucked off. He fucked off all the way outside to his shed. He fucked off and grabbed a shovel. Then he fucked off and went back inside. Then he fucked down and fucked off and went down the hall. Then he fucked off back into the living room and he bashed Clinton in the fucking head with the fucking shovel, screaming, fuck off. I did. Now fuck you. 
<laughs> that escalated quickly. <laughs> that wasn't in the notes. I, re- I came up with that. Yeah, I know. I, I, I figured, but it's good. That was good. It's just, it still doesn't change the fact that that fucking escalated yeah, I quickly. Know. So, so when he's, when he was done, Clinton was dead and John just basically looked right at Barry, locked eyes with him and pointed at him and said, fuck you. <laughs> Barry's just got, gotta be like heart going shitting himself right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's, he's full on shitting himself right yeah. now. It was basically the barb. I just witnessed a murder, and I'm next. It was basically the barbershop scene in Coming to America in an evil mirror universe. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Who's yeah. next? <laughs> Who's next? So Robert and Barry were freaking out, and they were witnesses to a murder. And if they went to the police, John would rat them out for their illegal relationship and take them down with him. They uh. Sure they would, would throw the book at Barry if um, if he were brought to the, to trial on those on those types of charges again about messing with a kid. Yeah. So John ordered Robert and Barry to find the tools that they needed to dispose of the body, which they did. John, you know, basically owned them now. I mean, he he rolled up Cl- Clinton's oh, yeah. body in the rug that he'd fallen on, and John said, "Nice one, lads. There's one less pedo on the streets." The world just got a little bit better. <laughs> yes. So they they loaded up the body. I mean, dude. I mean, I I cannot help but like sympathize with this guy John because everybody that listens to the show, we all know how I feel about fucking pedos. Well, how everybody feels about pedos, but the thing is, Clinton wasn't a pedo. Yeah, I mean, okay, but at the same time, though, I mean, I get what he's trying to do. Yeah, but... I mean, he, he, he flew off the handle because the guy told him to go fuck himself or whatever. Right, but... but you still. know, but but he still has a thing, but the guy, what, uh, Happy Pants, right? Dude, he was, he was like an openly gay man, yes. Yeah, but he wasn't a pedo. Yeah, I know, but in... I mean, I don't agree with that part of what he did, but, like, I know that he's going to be going after, he went after pedos and people that fucking... What did I say earlier in the episode? Put Uh, a pin in that. Yeah, I know, but you know know how good I am at fucking putting a pin in things? (laughs) No, no, it's not, this isn't, he's not... He's, I know, but you know what I mean, though, dude. It's like I kind of, I, I kind of feel he, for the guy in a way. Well, don't but at the same don't. time not. And I'll tell you why. He ain't Dexter. He's oh, not I mean, Dexter. I'm sure, I'm sure it's going to get Dexter. worse, but you know, not by a long shot. He is not Dexter. <laughs> so, well, okay, all right. So Carry they, on. Sorry. They loaded up the body in Barry's car and they took it out into the woods, miles away, and they buried Clinton in a shallow grave. Yeah, and John's urges were satisfied for the moment, and Veronica had no idea that it even happened. So, well, lucky for her. Yeah, so John, John and Veronica's sex life and the entire relationship had dwindled down to practically nothing, but his his sexual appetite didn't. Um, Susan Allen was known to be easy, and she and John began having sex frequently. She she was quite a bit older than John, but he didn't care. Yeah, you know, it was 
just about getting his rocks off. Doesn't matter. She's giving yeah. it up. Who cares? Who gives a shit how right. she is? He's just get. It's just about getting his rocks off. Nothing more. And Susan was okay with being the other woman, you know, because she was used to that role. <laughs> right. So a year, a year or so later, a recently divorced woman named Elizabeth Harvey, Harvey moved into the neighborhood. She and John met, began sleeping together, but Elizabeth wanted more, and John actually liked her. Yeah, and oh. she believed that they were exclusive. Ex- exclu- I'll start that over again. <laughs> Dude, I never should have said, because you type your notes out now, it's going to go easy. <laughs> I fucking jinxed it. No, I'm just trying to read fast, because we still got a ways to go. Um, oh god dude we're already over an hour but Elizabeth wanted more and John actually liked her she believed that they were exclusive and then something happened that would more or less solidify her status with John she introduced him to her 13 year old son J.D. Velasquez Uh, She introduced him to her 13-year-old son, Jamie Velasquez. Jamie, not J.D., Jamie. He was a troubled kid who had suffered abuse at the hands of his father and stepbrother, and John could see the rage in him and decided to to mentor Jamie and protect him. Veronica became aware of their relationship, and she left John and moved in with her family. So... Uh, well, Elizabeth and Jamie began becoming attached to John, and as far as they knew, he was their gift from God, but they didn't specify which God. And right. Jamie began looking to John as a father. So, oh boy, John began indoctrinating Jamie with his hateful beliefs, and before too long, John was getting Jamie into killing animals. Plug your ears, Todd. <laughs> he skinned a cat in front of Jamie, and Jamie didn't even flinch. Oh, all right. That's terrible. Next time, it was a stray dog that that John found, and John wanted Jamie to shoot the dog. But, you know, Jamie couldn't do it, so he just did it for him. But he was... Yeah. I mean, he's he's literally just grooming Jamie into hopefully on his part being becoming a a killer like him. Yeah, of course he is. So, around that time, Clinton Teresa's body was um, discovered by a farmer, and the police had no leads. And but one night, John and Elizabeth and Jamie were watching America's or uh, America's Australia's Most Wanted, and. <laughs> Is there such a yeah. thing? And and Clinton's right. story aired, and John told Jamie, "I did that one, Pedo." Oh, and Elizabeth was stunned, but she did manage to utter, "Good on you." <laughs> John then explained that they couldn't have these people hurting kids, and and the cops do nothing. It's easier for for yeah. us just to whack them. And then Jamie repeated what his mom had said. Good on you, John. 
Yeah. So John now had his anti-pedo army assembled, and all they needed now was more pedos to whack. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, John and Veronica had been sleeping in separate rooms before she left, so John made her room into his war room, and the walls of the room became his rock spider wall. Okay. It was covered with pictures and papers, names and addresses, you know, with thumbtacks and, like, you know, it just, and string going between the thumbtacks and everything. He thought that, you know, it was an intelligence room. Okay. Yeah, had phone numbers and everything for every, people, bunch of people that, you know, that he thought that, you know, they were pedos. Now, yeah, I yeah. heard on a, it, I heard on a podcast that I listened to about this that rock spider is a word in, is, is like a dialect in, in a certain dialect in, um, Australia for pedo, basically. Oh. Okay, I had no idea, but all right. But this this information that um, that John had come up with was extracted from his army's main intelligence officer, Barry Lane. Well, and most were just random names. So Barry's still around. Barry's still huh? around. But mo- most were just random names that Barry had spit out to keep John off of his back. Yeah, you know, <laughs> self preservation <laughs> yeah. on his part. Some were pe- were pedophiles, some were gay, and some weren't either. But John made no attempt to vet any of these people, and they were all guilty as far as he was concerned. Well, of course. One day, Susan Allen's Suzanne Allen's grandkids came back into the house um, screaming. Gray had come out of his camper van port. You know, Porky pigging it. Oh God! It, it was a, it was an accident. You know, and he he didn't realize the kids were out there. But Suzanne was angry, and she told Barry about it, who related it to John. So, oh no! Yeah. So John went to Susan's place to. I keep calling her Susan. It's Suzanne. <coughs> um, okay. But he went to Su- Suzanne's place to talk about it, and they had sex, and. She, well, of course. She, she told she told him what had happened. Yeah, you know, just and it, 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 I don't think it was so much. John, I want you to kill Ray because he, you know, like flaunted himself naked in front of my grandkids. I think it was just. It, it, I think it was more like she was flustered. She's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe that happened." You know what I mean? Because yeah, he, Ray oh, yeah. was not a pedophile. So. Well, yeah, but John had all he needed, and what had been a minor indiscretion was <laughs> twisted and turned, you know, tw- was turned and twisted into Ray propositioning the boys. Oh, so John is, which didn't happen, but right. okay. So John assembled his troops, and uh. the mission was underway. It was John, Robert, and Jamie, and Elizabeth would make an appearance shortly. Now, I acquired some audio from, you know, because he, he had been training the troops and everything. Mm-hmm. I acquired some audio from it. You know, like as, as, as he oh. was, like, tr- you know, training training his troops and everything, and, you know, indoctrinating them, making them believe that, 
you know the like the world is full of pedos. Basically, like yeah. basically like the Satanic Panic, but except the pedo panic. <laughs> <laughs> the pedo panic. <laughs> okay, but I got um, I got some. I I found some audio of that had been recorded of like a training session. So we're just gonna roll that right now. All right, hit it. Yep. Found a pedo going to war. Found a pedo going to war. Kill this one and then chin more. Kill this one and then chin more. Not gonna stop till we kill them all. Not gonna stop till we kill them all. Fight for justice standing tall. Fight for justice standing tall. One pedo, two pedo, three pedo, four. One pedo, two pedo, three pedo, four. Kill them to go to the liquor store. Kill them to go to the liquor store. Sound off. Protect the kids. What you say? Protect the kids. I can't hear you. The kids. Show no mercy. Protect the kids. Sound off. Pedo death. What you say? Pedo death. I can't hear you. Pedo death. Show no mercy. Pedo death. <laughs> God. Oh man. Oh boy. Yep. Sounds about right. <laughs> So that night, John and Robert entered the camper van after John had carnally made sure that Suzanne wouldn't wake up and ruin the mission. Basically, he fucked the living shit out of her. <laughs> and he yeah, passed out. Fucked her into a coma. <laughs> so Ray was startled when they burst in. and the, the But, you know, because they were friends as far as he was concerned. So they dragged him out of bed and across the yard. And Ray was laughing because he thought they were playing a game. Yeah. Oh, you guys. Surprise, motherfucker. (laughs) What are we doing? Yeah. I mean, just poor guy. So, um, he was marching, he was marching to his death with a smile on his face. Oh, man. They dragged him into the car and they went back to John's house and they, um, and they dragged him into the bathroom and they put a rope around his neck and tightened it. Um, by using a stick as a garrote. Um, uh-huh. John then came back with a cricket bat and he pummeled Ray's crotch with it. And John screamed, You're not going to be fucking kids with that anymore, are you? And, th- <laughs> and then he began bashing oh, Ray repeatedly with the, with the bat. Yeah, he then handed the bat to, to Jamie who took it and began swinging. Elizabeth came in and she was looking on horrified at first, but she later joined in because John demanded it. And they 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 tortured oh. Ray for over 30 minutes before John finally put him out of his misery. Then they dragged Ray into the backyard and buried him there. Oh. So over the next couple of days, they cleaned out the camper van. And, <laughs> and Suzanne, knowing that they had done something... She never said a word to John about it. So. Yeah, that's probably good on yeah. her. But this successful mission made John hungry for more. Yeah, I can imagine. But John wasn't done with Ray. John knew every detail of Ray's welfare claim. He knew that Ray's checks were being delivered to Suzanne's house and and that Suzanne had control over Ray's affairs. And he pumped her for information that would let him cash out every future welfare check that was coming to Ray. 
Oh shit! Okay. Uh, once once he once he got that, he put in a change of address for Ray, directing his mail from where it was going to Suzanne's address. Oh shit! Here we go. Yep. All right. So with this new source of income, John and his clan moved to a larger house 70 miles away from Adelaide in Murray Bridge. He was worried about loose ends tying him to Ray's disappearance. Yeah, he wanted to disappear, and he sold Ray's camper van as well. But <laughs> Okay, yeah. Let's get rid of all the evidence. But he still went back and forth to Adelaide to see his friends and to... And, you know, whatever, he would go and collect Ray's checks from Suzanne. And he would also give Suzanne a roll in the hay to keep her quiet. Well, yeah, you know, because, yeah. you know, you got to do what you got to do. So she never said a word about any of this. So John's friend, Mark Hayden, remember him? Yeah. Yeah, he moved away after falling in love and marrying a woman named Elizabeth, who was a different Elizabeth. Okay. But this woman didn't like John at all, and she would talk down to him at every turn, even even if he did something as simple as asking Mark if he wanted to go grab a beer. But but oh. Elizabeth, she had... She one of those. Yeah. <laughs> but she had no idea how much danger she was putting herself into by making an enemy of John. Yeah, I, I yeah, I see that. I totally see that because yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to piss off a serial killer. <laughs> uh, no, you really, really don't. <laughs> so John became friends with Elizabeth's sister Jody and her disabled son Fred Brooks. Yeah, and he did this just to just to more or less have allies against Elizabeth, but it. But it got it kind of got car- complicated when Mark and Elizabeth moved away. So with Mark gone, John fell back on Suzanne, literally. <laughs> <laughs> but that didn't last long, and they had a, a falling out. Now, there's two versions about what happened next. There's... Don't make me guess. <laughs> Don't you make me guess. <laughs> <laughs> there's... There's John's version and there's the right version. <laughs> kind of okay. like all payway. <laughs> yeah. So, um, in one, John and Suzanne had a falling out, and Suzanne threatened to go to the police about John involved John's involvement in Ray's disappearance, which resulted in her murder. But in John in John's oh. version. It's all the same except for he just came up to throw you know to throw Suzanne some dick and um and he went into her house and found her dead on the bed. Oh. That was John's version. And fucked her anyway, right? No, <laughs> Come on, you know what happened to her, well, dude? You know he he, killed her. he he worked at a crematorium. Yeah, but he worked at a crematorium, dude. He's seen dead people. You know yeah, where that leads. Could be, but no, nah, there's there's no. I know. I'm just dude. I'm I'm just being an idiot. <laughs> Don't mind me. You do it so well. <laughs> I do. That's why you hired me. 
<laughs> but, but without Suzanne, John would lose access to raise money. And Suzanne also got a lot of welfare money as well. So all John had to do was make sure nobody found out about Suzanne's death. So John dismembered her body, wrapped the parts in in plastic bags, and then he went to where he had buried Ray, and he put Suzanne into the grave. So now he had Ray and Suzanne's money, not to mention her house. Oh, God. Eh, well, at least he's being smart about it. <laughs> I guess. Evil genius. Yeah. So John needed a way to... One billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> John needed a way to get away with murder, and Mark, moving away, presented a solution. John started sending yeah. him the money, funneling the money that he got from Ray and Suzanne's welfare checks in exchange for help. So John had a a not because he had moved away had a lot a, a non local place to store his handiwork. So, oh. you know, Mark's place. Yeah. Yeah, so you. he soon dusted off his old chemistry hobby, and he got a bunch of plastic barrels and, and powerful acids. If if he could dissolve the bodies and store them at Mark's place until the bodies were completely dissolved, then he could just simply dump them out. Yeah. Nobody, no crime. Yeah. Nobody, no crime. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. But this just proves how much of a dumbass John was. Because the bodies were still going to stink, not to mention Mark's wife still hates his guts. But but, <laughs> right. but Mark, um, Mark went along with the plan, but John quickly saw the holes in the plan, so he... You know, so he had Mark using the money that was coming in, rented out an abandoned bank in Snowtown. Okay. So, John escalated his harassment of the people on his rock spider wall, and he'd, he'd call them up all hours of night of the night and everything, and scream up, scream at them, and then hang up and everything. And then he he would also break in and vandalize their places and write, you know, like, you know pedo and the f word and all that stuff on there um you know like and spray paint on their walls and whatnot uh-huh seems kind of seems kind of kind of like he's backtracking here but yeah a little, a little bit. bit but it, it it don't last long yeah i'm sure it wouldn't so by this because otherwise the story'd be yeah, over right? So by this time, Robert Wagner was an adult, and he basically had very little contact with Bear with Barry anymore. But John still had Barry in his crosshairs, but he still had a use for him. He was pumping him for intelligence. The next name that John acquired from Barry was Michael Michelle Gardner. Yeah, he. Oh. He was he was an openly gay, eight, eighteen or nineteen years old, and Robert was actually hot for for this dude. So, so uh, so Barry, okay. jealous, gave him up to John as a pedophile. <laughs> so 
John began his, you know, his reconnaissance by intercepting uh, Michael's mail and realized that he, like everybody else, was getting government money, and that was all it took. Um, <laughs> not a pedo. <laughs> I mean, I see. Yeah. So the the gang grabbed him from the house, and Robert Robert had had went from from being in, into him to hating him because John had convinced him that Michael was a pedophile. So Robert took the lead on this one. They stole a bunch of Michael's property, trying to look like he had you know, abandoned his rental, uh, his apartment. And then they, they stuffed him into Mark's car and then they headed to Snowtown. <laughs> so the, the yep. gang brought Michael to the abandoned bank where he was beaten and tortured. And they even had a boom box blasting to drown out his screaming. And I've, this was this was in the book, and I and I kind of passed over it, but it becomes a recurring theme. And I actually mentioned it at the end of the episode, but I'm just going to mention it now. Um, John had a soundtrack, a specific album that he liked to use whenever um, he was, like, basically murdering somebody. Uh-huh. I'm not going to tell you to guess, because you'll never guess it in a million years. But it was Live's album, Throwing Copper. Oh. Yeah, I wouldn't pick that one. No. I mean, how can you kill somebody to the Dolphins cry? That's a great song. (laughs) I liked Live. They were one, one of the few 90s bands that I did like. So, with the, um, you know, with the soundtrack to Murder, Live's Throwing Copper... Um, (laughs) they, um, God, I'm, I'm sure that, I'm sure the band was fucking thrilled when they found out about this. (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) So they, but on, on top of just beating this, beating them and, you know, like cutting them and all that stuff and everything, they, they brought the car battery and jumper cable treatment in on him in addition to. Oh, boy. So, finally, John choked him to death over after over an hour of torture, and Robert was hungry to make the kill, but John did it himself just to gain more control over Robert. I wanted to do it. All right, you can do the next one. <laughs> you can do the next one. <laughs> so, then, so then they stuffed him in Fuck a... So life. then they stuffed him in a plastic barrel and filled it with acid. Yeah, John... Then went through Michael's clothes looking for his ID and he didn't have it on him. So they would have to go, they would have Uh to go back to his apartment to retrieve it. But by the time that they had gotten back a couple days later, they found that the landlady had been cleaning up the room and she had suspected that something was up and reported the disappearance to police, but he was 18. So nothing Uh they could do. Well, he probably just went somewhere. He probably just walked out on his rental. Yeah, he just took off. But John needed Michael's welfare money, and he came up with an idea. I'm not going to tell you to take a guess, <laughs> but um, yeah, please. But don't. the idea was have Mark Hayden's mentally disabled nephew, Fred, Fred Brooks, to pose as a friend of Michael. 
boy. Uh, the story was Michael moved to a different city, and he had sent Fred to, and Michael had sent Fred to retrieve his wallet because he had forgotten it. Seemed legit, maybe, but the landlady didn't believe a fucking word of it. So, she said that Michael would need to come and get the wallet himself. So, oh. so John had to eat the loss on this money, and he wasn't happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I can imagine. Tell me the best laid fucking plans. I, I, I <laughs> yeah, right. If this could have happened in South Carolina, I totally would have been all about the accent. But unfortunately, it happens in Australia, <laughs> and I can do an Australian accent, but I can't do it on I can't do it on demand. I got to Yeah, right. And you'd think I'd, you'd think I'd be in the mood to do it right now after this, but I'm I'm just not. Just not. So. <laughs> yeah, I got you, bro. So meanwhile, Barry Lane was on high alert. He knew that John was only keeping him around for intelligence, and he knew that the gang had killed Michael as a result of him handing out the information. He he didn't yeah. expect them to kill Michael. He just thought they were going to harass him and rough him up. Yeah, and, and he really didn't have the stomach to do this again. And I don't know why he thought that um, that they were just going to harass him. I mean, he sit that, sat there and watched him kill Clinton. Uh, yeah, remember when he was fucking off to the shed, fucking off back in... Yeah, yeah. No, so, yeah, 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 I got you. So, but but things looked up when Thomas Tre- Trevelyan came unexpectedly into Barry's life. He was a military man. Uh, uh, he was a military man, but he never actually served due to mental is- issues. But that didn't stop Thomas from dressing the part. And he followed a strict military P- PT regiment and was in fucking great shape you know the the two men hit it off immediately and they quickly they quickly got romantically involved and thomas moved in with with barry and and barry felt safe so he's got a bodyguard if you'll be my bodyguard i can be your long lost pal (laughs) i can call you barry (laughs) You can call me, me. or Tom, <laughs> or Tom. Yeah, but he began telling Thomas about his experiences with John, specifically the Clinton um, Trezise murder, which Barry had been an eyewitness to. Now, word got back to John that Barry was talking, and John blew a gasket. He thought that he had Barry's secrecy due to the fact that Barry was an accessory. Right. So, as, as you, would. you would, so John and Robert showed up at Barry's place to bury the hatchet. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> Literally? I don't know why that. I I don't know why that's funny. I, I said so. John and Robert showed up at Barry's place to bury the hatchet. To bury the hatchet, yeah, no, I know. That's, that's why I said literally. <laughs> Barry, Barry let them in. And he and he introduced him to Thomas and Barry, with Thomas in his corner, told John how despicable he was for killing people for profit. And he finished his rant and he looked at John, who and defiantly asked John, "Anything else?" 
<laughs> so he's being defiant. It's like, fuck you. I got my, I got Thomas the Tank in my corner over here. <laughs> so, oh. John said, no, you've told me everything I needed to know. Uh-oh. John looked up at Thomas and nodded, and what happened next was straight out of a WWE script. Oh, shit. Here we go. Thomas grabbed Barry by the neck and dragged him into the bathroom. Barry was trying to fight and screaming, and, you know, and, and if he had been able to get away from Thomas, which wasn't likely, John and Robert were there, too. So they threw Barry into the bathtub, and at the foot of the tub... Oh, John was standing there grinning with pliers in his hand. Oh, no. John said, here's how it's going to go. You're going to say what I want or I'm going to start crushing toes. Got it? Oh, Barry got it. Oh, shit. Yeah. Robert got the house phone and Thomas recited Barry's mother's phone number. They. Oh, no. They. He and his mother had had a rough life together due to Barry's sexuality, but they had recently recon reconciled. So John had a script that um, that Barry read over the phone to his mother, said he was moving to que Queensland on the opposite side of the continent where John had actually moved from, and that he wanted nothing more to do with her. He hadn't forgiven her after all, and he never would. His mother, oh, his shit. mother told told him that she, told him that she loved him. And Robert snatched the phone away from his face and hung it up. And that was the last conversation that Barry had had with his mother after, you know, and like I said, they had just recently reconciled their differences. Yeah. Holy, holy crap, man. Damn. Yeah. Ugh. John grinned and said, good boy. Shame you're a fucking pedo. And he turned on a tape recorder and he started <laughs> crushing... Barry's toes with the, the pliers. Rob oh, he fucking did it anyway. Yeah. What? A oh, God damn. Dude. Robert and Thomas held Barry down, and all ten toes were crushed. Next, they brought out the battery cables, and Robert got to take point electrocuting Barry. John pitched it as getting revenge for all the years of abuse on Robert by Barry. Oh, Jesus. After hours of torture, Barry finally died, and there was very little left on him that wasn't broken. And John, John had tape-recorded the entire thing. And Robert had done the book of the torture, and he was exhausted by the time that it was over. So John and Thomas loaded Barry into his own car, and John decided he was going to keep that car because it was nicer than his so Thomas was dropped off on the way to Snowtown. Sure, he had done one WWE-level betrayal, but he still had to prove himself 100% in order to gain John's trust. Um, Barry was taken to the bank vault. He was loaded into a barrel. Acid was poured on him. And it was the same barrel that Michael was in. And this time, they did have the ID of Barry's, so Barry's money was now coming to them. 
Uh, um, John still had his rock spider wall, so there were plenty of victims to keep him busy for a long time. But... So, a new enemy was coming his way. An enemy they didn't even realize that they were, in fact, his enemy. (laughs) In welfare cases, you have to check in... The... You, you have to check in, in in person from time to time with the agency. Uh, yeah. So, and neither Ray nor Suzanne had done that, obviously. Not to mention, Thomas was cracking under the pressure. And he had mental is- issues, remember, that, which is what kept him out of the Army. Yeah. So John needed another actor to play a, a victim. So, so okay. he chose Jody, the sister of Mark's wife Elizabeth, his arch nemesis. But there are problems there too. <laughs> he he ob- he obviously didn't have anything on Jody, so he'd have to get creative. But Jody had actually moved in with Mark and Elizabeth, so because Eliz- Elizabeth hated John so much, he couldn't exactly go over there and talk to her freely. So. He came up with the the most John Bunting plan that he could have come up with. Take a guess. <laughs> oh God. Uh, I I have no idea, dude. I really don't. I'm like the only thing I can think of is what did he? Come on, I got faith in you. Did he kill all of? No. Did he kill all of them? No. Okay, that I have no idea. He started sleeping with Jody at his place. Oh, uh, <laughs> so he he came up with. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why my head didn't go there. It should have, <laughs> but I, I, I have no. I just <coughs> this one's been going on for a while, what? and I'm a little tired. <laughs> You're weary. <laughs> yes, I'm weary. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Mark. Millennials Theater, love those guys. <laughs> Check them out; they're great. If you yep, like yep. us, though, you'll if Check you like out. us, you'll like them too. But uh, he he started sleeping with Jody. He came up with a story that didn't involve murder, because at this point, Jody doesn't know about the murders. So he got her to agree to pose oh. as Suzanne, complete with the script. Which she called in, and she provided all the required credentials, and she was saying that that she, as Suzanne, is out of town, but everything was okay, and the welfare office bought it. (laughs) Of course they did. (laughs) So one problem down, one to go. Yeah. He took Robert and Mark to go talk to Thomas about his breakdown. Only Mark would wait in the car while he and Robert went inside, and John decided that Thomas was going to commit suicide. Oh, okay. Because you could just decide yeah, that. And this 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 part probably pissed me off more than any of the rest of the story. So, okay. Get ready. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Say, I didn't oh, say you it. fucking cunt. You fucking cunt. <laughs> uh, so, no. <laughs> Well, that was good, Bill. That was good, bro. So, now, as I mentioned, Thomas was a soldier in his own mind, and he acted the part. It was drilled into him, uh-huh. and 
and but he also had the mental issues. So when they talked to him, he was beta- behaving like a soldier who was going th- through severe PTSD because of what he had taken part in, because of what he had taken part of. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. John seized on this and he started barking out orders like he was a drill sergeant, and Thomas responded accordingly. John ordered him out to the car, and you know what that that fucking marching thing that I did just makes a lot more sense now and I and I hadn't gotten to this point yet when I made that thing <laughs> but um but Thomas and uh, and I wasn't going to make one for this too because what happens here is just fucking sick yeah. uh, it's all sick but this is just this okay. is just I yeah uh, but um I got you bro it's all so good. John ordered him out to the car and Thomas obeyed Mark had questions but John told him to shut up and drive. So they went to a secluded place outside of Adelaide. And once they got to their destination, they got out, and there was a large tree there. And John grabbed a box and ordered Thomas to climb up on it. And Thomas started crying. And John, being the nice guy that he was, he stopped barking out orders and consoled Thomas, saying that you know everything was going to be all right. He said that sometimes a general had to sacrifice his soldiers for the greater good. He said that he was proud to have served, served with him. And he, he said that he had been a great soldier. And I want to ass rape this fuck with a rusty tire iron and tie him, tie him to a fire ant bed. And when he's barely alive after the fire ants get done with him, I want to run him over with a fucking camper van. <laughs> Leave right. that in because that's how I feel about this fuck. Oh, I am. Fine. Oh, so it. after this pathetic display of gaslighting, John barked out in order for Thomas to get back up on the box again, which he did. Mark threw the noose over a branch and, and put it around Thomas's neck. And John, Mark, and Robert saluted Thomas. And he saluted them back. And John couldn't take it anymore. He burst out laughing his ass off, and then he kicked the box out from underneath Thomas. Uh, so the last... Damn it. just... Uh, that yeah fuck <laughs> alright you can pull the pin out now by the way <laughs> yeah apparently yeah I guess I was wrong anyway <laughs> I guess I was wrong I just don't belong just don't be lying. John really is a piece of shit. <laughs> Indeed he is. Indeed he is. Ah, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Sorry, Garth. Didn't mean to do that. <laughs> the body was shortly later discovered by a truck driver. But when but when Thomas was identified, the death was ruled a suicide due to all of Thomas's mental issues. Oh, okay. So his plan worked. Yeah, it did. I mean, you you could say that that was the perfect murder. You could. Uh, you could. So, but damn. along the way, Fuck, man. yeah. So uh, over the years, Jamie, Elizabeth's son, had gotten hooked on heroin. And, I mean, you know, John hated druggies, but he also loved Jamie like a son. And he 
had to especially be good to Jamie now, obviously, because Jamie knew things. But yeah. over the years, <laughs> yeah, no yeah. shit. <laughs> but over the years, Jamie had kind of drifted away, drifted away from John, and found a group of friends of his own. Oh, all right. One day, one of Jamie's friends, a skin and bones druggie around John's age, named Gavin Porter, was sitting on the sofa on John's sofa when John got home. Yeah, and he he walked in and everything, and he's just sitting there grinning at John. Uh-huh. John would have just thrown him out the door, like at that point, without even saying a word. But Jamie walked in, so he played his role and was cool to Gavin just for Jamie's sake. And he went with it for a time until one day John came home, flopped down on the couch, and was jabbed in the ass with a hypodermic needle. Oh shit! <laughs> like like in a cheek or like straight up the old uh, chocolate starfish. Probably in a cheek, but <laughs> okay. But that was enough. You know, I mean, John was pissed. I mean, and and it's like, yeah, that would have fucking pissed me off. The no fucking. Oh no, end. kidding! But you know, John probably took it. At, you know, a step further. Just like <laughs> now, all of his fucking diseases are in me. Well, that's what I would yeah, have thought. Exactly. So, so John picked up the phone, called Robert, who put an, em- an empty barrel in his truck, headed over to John's place. Oh, shit. Now, at that time, Gavin was passed out in his car. You know, because he had just shot up and you're just like, Ugh. yeah, this is brutal. Um, John quietly got into the back seat of Gavin's car and slipped a tire iron around his neck. He then put his feet up against the back of the chair. You know, the, the, the back of the, of the passenger seat. I got you. And, and just, and all at once, he just pushed all, all of his, his strength and his legs into the back of the chair and pulled with all, all of his might on the, um, on the, the tire iron. Uh-huh. Gavin woke up and he tried to fight, but I mean, it it wasn't going to be enough. I mean, John literally crushed Gavin's windpipe. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And he was he was probably screaming at him and everything and jerking the thing around and everything because when he was done and everything, his, his neck looked like it had been mauled by a freaking grizzly bear. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm... Fuck. Yeah, I yeah, I could see that. I could see, yeah. I mean, especially, yeah. Well, when you put your feet on there, you just like and you put everything you got into it. Yeah, dude. Oh my god. Yeah, and what a way to fucking go. This one, you know what? Murder is bad, okay. Okay. But I'm I'm serious. Yeah, don't go around killing people. That ain't the way to get. Yeah. That ain't the way to solve it. But any but problem. you know what? If 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 I sat down on the couch and my couch in my house and I got jabbed in the ass by a fucking hypodermic needle that some fucking junkie had like left there, I don't know what I would do. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I don't know what I would do either. But <laughs> I probably I. 
I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what I, I mean, I could tell you what I think I do. I, th- I think I probably just, times, like, dude, would I really do that? I, I don't think know. I'd probably just beat the shit out of him. And then, and then go get a fucking, you know, wait a day or two and then go get a, you know, tested. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But. I have guns. I probably would have shot him in the fucking face. <laughs> so. John and Robert loaded. But you know, like the, that's what I'm saying though, dude, is I don't know what I would do. I mean, I, like I said, I can tell you what I think I'd do. Yeah. I mean, I think that if that happened to me, I'd have gone and got my gun and fucking pistol with him and then put two to the back of his skull and then go and fed him to the alligators. But would I really do that? I have no fucking <laughs> idea. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I really don't. That, I don't that know. scene in, that scene in one of the Saw movies where the girl gets, you know, thrown into that, um, that pit full of like, dirty hypodermic needles and had to like dig through it oh god that 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 scene fucked me up I know, for a long dude. time <laughs> yeah but, anyway hashtag but i digress. yeah <laughs> so um so john and robert loaded gavin into a, a barrel then loaded it onto robert's truck and then brought it to the bank of snowtown and then they then filled the barrel with acid and robert was dropped off back at home and then john went back to his place where Jamie was waiting for him. With Gavin's car still there, but no Gavin, Jamie knew what had happened. <laughs> yeah. So he took off for a couple of days, and when he came back around again, Gavin's car was long gone. And John was able to smooth things over with Jamie. Um, Jamie had been sexually abused by his father, and even invited his father had even invited Jamie's stepbrother Troy Yode in to join in. You know, Jamie okay. in a lot of ways was damaged worse than the than how John was damaged by what happened to him as a kid. So John John yeah. still wanted to protect him. John knew the whole story, but shortly later, Troy decided that he wanted to move them with his mother, Elizabeth. So, you know, with with Jamie gone, because Jamie, you know, when they moved into the neighborhood, Elizabeth took Jamie and she hauled ass. So, but with with Jamie gone, his dad had focused all of his attention on Troy. Oh, boy. Okay. So... John agreed to this arrangement and Jamie was happy or fuck. John agreed to this agreement and Elizabeth was happy, but Jamie wasn't. But John told Jamie, it's like, calm down. This is your chance to get revenge on Troy. Oh, yeah. Because like I said, Troy had been a participant in abusing Jamie. Yes. So And they didn't waste any time either. So when Troy moved in, John played the part and welcomed him in, and he set him up with a room. And when Troy fell, to, fell asleep for the night, John crept in to get his ID and his benefits paperwork. God, everybody's got benefits. <laughs> everybody's got benefits. Like, fuck. You get benefits. You get benefits. You get benefits. <laughs> you get benefits. Everybody, Everybody gets, gets benefits. benefits. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, um, Troy woke up to find Jamie, John, Robert, and Mark standing over him. 
Jamie took lead on the attack and John turned up throwing copper by live. (laughs) Of course. And Mark and Robert grabbed Troy to hold on to him and Jamie went to work. He spent hours torturing Troy. Later. Oh, man. Troy wound up in a barrel being stored in Snowtown. Yeah, well, that seems to be the the gist of this story. Yeah. So John was reinvigorated, oh. knowing that he didn't have Jamie to worry about anymore. But his peace didn't last too long because Mark's wife, Elizabeth, had been asking too many questions about this money filtering through their bank accounts. So <laughs> oh boy. John took a... Here we go. John took a... You know, John suggested a page of, out of the Tough Tony Bastone handbook. Why don't we just fucking kill her? <laughs> Why don't we just fucking kill her? <laughs> She's going to ruin our plan, man. Um, Mark didn't want his wife dead, but he suggested, why not Tough Tony Jody or her, dis- her, her disabled son? You know, Fred, and then scare Elizabeth into silence. Oh, Okay. God, if you're if you're if you're there, just divorce her. Yeah, right. I mean, shit. <sighs> yeah, like, but there's no need to kill her. Just fucking fuck off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so John, yeah, well. John didn't want to kill Jody. Take a guess why? Because uh, he was doing her. You got it. <laughs> Yay! So that just left Fred. I am smarter than I look. <laughs> so, oh fuck! So Elizabeth knew about some of Mark and John's doing. So Mark picked Fred up one day and brought them to his own house, where John and Robert were waiting, and. They killed him and even brutalized Fred, his own wife's sister's son, in his own house. (laughs) God. Yeah, husband of the year, right? I mean, dude, I laughed because you said wife's sister's son, and that made me think. (laughs) Spaceballs. Yeah. That's that's exactly where I went. (laughs) And I laughed, and I shouldn't have laughed at that part because that's fucking. No, terrible. it's horrific, and you have to freaking, you have to freaking, you 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 have to. But but at the same time, though, I totally went to spaceballs. <laughs> I did, I did too, and, I did too, and and I and I and I, I I apologize for that, everybody. I'm sorry. Well, I'm the one that wrote it that way. I mean, you no, know, I'm not. I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry, but I'm sorry. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm the one that wrote it that way. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. So, um, and yeah, and I get it, but you know what I mean. So, so Fred was taken to Snowtown in a barrel and stored there with the others. Yep. Elizabeth pretended to show a newfound respect to John. Jody cut off her relationship with John completely. Uh, they Uh-oh. they knew what had happened, but the point had been made. Right. Don't ask me about my business, Kay. <laughs> Godfather reference, which you would have known if you had actually seen those movies. But but anyway, yeah, we don't we don't no, need to have I that. Dis- we don't but, need to have know. that discussion again. We need to finish this episode. <laughs> yes, we do. 
By all means. So the, the war on pedos could now continue without any interference. <sighs> the next victim was Gary O'Dwyer. He lived alone, no friends, no family, but he did get a good sum of government benefits. Benefits? Benefits. Benefits? <laughs> benefits. <laughs> sounds like, sounds like something you might order a, a sports bar. Hey, let me get a beer and a plate of benefits, right. please. <laughs> yeah, let me get a beer and a plate of benefits, will you? Because, you know, fuck. Everybody else has got benefits. Why can't I? <laughs> And and a side of hot sauce. <laughs> yes, and a vat of hot a sauce. A vat of hot sauce, because I can't taste anything. Yes. Because I'm John. I'm sorry, I had to go there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yep. Wasn't as funny as it was with Pee Wee. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right. But, but Jamie befriended Gary, and Gary began to... Like, literally consider him a friend. But Jamie was just pumping him for information and getting a feeling for the layout of the house. Gary, he wasn't gay. He wasn't a pedo. He wasn't a druggie. He wasn't disabled. He didn't fit John's criteria at all. Not that John really ever had a criteria. Yeah, apparently, yeah obviously he didn't. I thought when you when you started this story out, I thought he was going to be doing I know like de- certain things to a certain group of people. I didn't know he was just going to be completely fucking insane and just killing anybody right. that fucking that, that, had a fucking government check. That's why I said he's not Dexter. <laughs> so um, I I get that now, and like I said, I I was wrong, right, but. but yeah, dude. I mean, dude, he's just fucking whacking people to get their government yeah. money. So he he had money and one under the pretense of being a fucking like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but he did have money, and one night the gang um, grabbed him, and they took turns torturing him. And once he was dead, Barrel, Snowtown, etc., and John was able to get Gary's money. So he yeah, he did have a criteria: <laughs> money. Yeah, it was yeah. He wanted people's money. Yeah, he didn't give a fuck if you were gay or straight or you were a pedo or not. He just wanted your fucking. But money. he had this. I mean, I'm not going to call this a cult, but he had a cult like um, influence over the people in his circle. Well, yeah, of course he did. They would literally believe anything that that he said. So, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, because <laughs> obviously they will, because they don't want him to kill well, them for their government check. No, but, but the, the, but the, but the people in his little gang, they were ecstatic about doing it with him. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm doing this just to keep myself alive. It's, it's just like, yeah. You don't know that. <laughs> just wait. So, um. All right. Mark's wife, Elizabeth, would, in John's absence, still grill him about his activities with John. And she knew how much money was supposed to be coming in based on their income. And she also knew how much money was actually coming in. But she wouldn't go to the police because even though she suspected murder at this point, foul play, she had no evidence. But she wanted to take John down. A badass, badass bitch right here. 
But let's go. But in November of 1998, Mark and Jody were out shopping together when John and Robert showed up at the house. He had a key. He just walked in. John was grinning ear to ear, not saying a word as he approached Elizabeth. And Elizabeth looked at him and said, Mark won't let you. And John replied, (laughs) Mark told me to do it. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. It may not have been true, but just hearing him say that, that took out any fight that Elizabeth might have had. Yeah. But being the nice guys that they were, they killed Elizabeth quickly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, because they're, it's, it's such they're nice guys. wonderful human beings. So Mark came back home when it was done, and then Barrel Snowtown. Mark. Then <laughs> Barrel Snowtown. Yeah. Mark went. Rinse, repeat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Mark went with them, and he was bawling the entire time, and John didn't care. With Elizabeth gone, he would now have Mark all to himself. Yeah. But Elizabeth had a brother who reported her missing. Oh, shit. Here we go. Meanwhile, Mark was disposing all of Elizabeth's things. She had boxes of research on John. He, he, he didn't even he oh. didn't even know. She, she had a little private room of her own. Yeah, she had a little... Oh, she had a John room. Yeah, she had a That's John room. That's fucking cool as shit, bro. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking cool as fuck. I, I, I love Elizabeth. She's great. But, um, yeah, it's, John obviously wasn't worried about police. Um, Elizabeth had just vanished, and, you yeah, know, because of where they lived, she was so far out of these officers' jurisdiction, where where Elizabeth had actually been dumped or stored. Yeah. They'd never find her. And that, that was the whole reason for right. Snowtown. Nobody lived near Snowtown. Right. So, as far as John was concerned, he had emerged victorious, but he was hungry for more. Enter. Of course, because you, as often you are when you're a deranged serial killer. I I wasn't kidding when I said this is probably the worst one that we've covered so far. Oh, God. It gets worse than it already is? Oh, I think there's... One, maybe two murders left. But still, it's just... it's oh, just okay, good. It's just... But would you agree this is the worst one that we've done so far? Yeah, because it started... Like I said, it started out... The way you described it, it sounded like he was attacking people that deserved to be killed. But then it turns out he's just murdering people to take their money. And yeah, yeah. he's a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. So, David Johnson was another stepbrother of Jamie and they they had been you know apart for a while Jesus Christ dude do, do, do any of these people know how to use condoms <laughs> for fuck's sake apparently not well this is an older brother but um but you know they, they had reconnected let me guess he he had mental issues too or something right because everybody in the nope. story has nope. there's something wrong nope. with them not, not David but um Okay, so he was a normal person, so I guess we got we have a voice of reason showing up, maybe. Just, possibly. just probably not. Let me let me get there. Put a pin in it. Put a pin well, in it. I know. Don't, don't even put a pin in it because we're right there. So um. Okay. So they, 
he and Jamie had reconnected, and David had started a visit. And John started twisting David's words around when he was talking to Jamie about the visit. David had har- had not harmed Jamie in any way, and he didn't even know about the abuse that Jamie had suffered. So, oh, okay. John started referring to David as the fag, and but David wasn't even gay. He was doing well in school. Oh, Jesus. He was doing well in school, and John spun this against against David as well. He said that he was rubbing the the success of his privilege in Jamie's face to mock Jamie. Oh, fuck. So finally... Oh, God. Oh, fuck me. I know. So finally, John got it through Jamie's head that David had to die. Okay. So David came to a visit, and, you know, and he had said that he was in the market for a new computer. So Jamie made up a story about someone he knew with a top-of-the-line computer they were selling cheap. Oh, yeah, because well, that's just convenient. Yeah, and David... In it. In it. <laughs> I think that... In it? That's that's Canadian. In it. Is that, can, that's, is that Canadian or is that British? In it? That's British. In it, that's British. Yeah. So... Anyway, not the point. David, you know, because, you know, David knew that Jamie, you know, was kind of a shady character, he surmised that this, this computer was likely stolen, but he was, he was okay with it. He didn't, he didn't (laughs) live, he didn't live, he didn't live anywhere near where anything, this, this was going on, so he could just get the computer and go back to university. So, All all they had to go was meet Jamie's friend, take a guess where? Oh, God, not Snowtown. Snowtown. <laughs> I got it right. You got several right in this one. I'm, 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 pr- I'm proud. <laughs> Thank you. So, oh. there's not a lot, there's not a lot of people that are proud of me. So, thank you. <laughs> so when they arrived at the bank, they went inside and once inside, the whole gang was waiting for him. They tied him up, handcuffed him to a chair and tortured him relentlessly. And only stopped once David had agreed to read a script that John had written into a microphone. And that of that course. microphone was hooked into the computer that David was there to buy. Oh, yeah, why not? Yeah, probably running like Cool Edit Pro. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what year is it? This was 1999, so the original Cool Edit Pro was out at that 1999. point. 1999. But they didn't know what dolls were. They were just using a fucking voice recorder. Yeah, yeah. They were using Windows fucking voice yeah. recorder. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. So. In 99, too. God, what was that? <laughs> Windows 7? No, shit. 99? That was still. That was XP. That was still or, XP. No, no. Oh, yeah, 99. Was. 99. That was still Windows 98. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. You're right. 98. Yeah, dude. XP, XP was, was like 2000. Year, XP came out in 2000. Yeah. <laughs> so date dude i liked windows xp yeah it, windows xp was a really good one but i'm I, I really do dig um i really do dig windows 11 well windows windows uh, 10 and windows 11 they're i think both of them are the see dude i dude i'm still running windows 10 on my laptop because i don't have enough space to fucking download windows 11 <laughs> It's not much difference between 10 and 11. There's just a few upgrades that make it a little just, bit easier. I, I, dude, I just don't have the space to do it. Yeah, well. My, 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 
the internal hard drive on my laptop is fucking like ridiculously full. Dude, I downloaded a new game. I want to play this game, right? I've been seeing it on YouTube. I can't even fucking play the game because I don't have enough space. Okay, get a new computer. You know you need to do it. Get a new computer. I know. I'm working on it. So, anyway. I'm just, I'm just trying to justify the expense of the computer that I want. Dude, you <laughs> The computer that you're talking to me about, like, makes mine... Look like a freaking, I don't know, a freaking <laughs> like a Windows ninety eight. Yeah, and and I've got a I've got a really good computer. <laughs> he does, you know, you do, bro, you do. And you're anyway, yeah, dude. It's just, it's just, I'm, tr- I'm just, I trying to convince myself to fucking pull the trigger on it. That's all, you know. Anyway, not the point. So, David admitted to horrible things that. Were not in any way true. Like he was gay, he was a pedo, he was a child rapist, um, and 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 he said that he was running his away to live his life alone where nobody would know him, and he wanted everybody close to him to fuck off. Oh, because you know that's yeah, yeah because. Uh. Oh no! Put okay. Let's let's just say you're David's brother or cousin or dad or whatever, whatever you whatever you want. Right. Let's say you get this phone call, and it's basically David just basically going on a rant so fucking loud and so fucking fast that you're not able to get a word in edgewise. And then all of a sudden the phone hangs up after he, after he's done and said everything that he needs to say. Are you going to believe it or are you going to think that something's up? Oh, I'm going to think something's up, especially if I know the guy. Dude. Right. You know like I, mean? I said, dude, he's never been like he's your that. He's your son. He's your brother. He's your cousin. Yeah. He's your whatever. He's never been like that, right. you know. No, I'm not going to believe that shit for a second. Right, but let me guess. David didn't have <laughs> no. Let me not guess. <laughs> David didn't have welfare checks, but he did have a good a oh. good chunk of money in in the bank, and they I see they went through his. I mean, this this dude this dude was was solid. I mean, he was you know he was. He was successful. He was well on his way to being very successful. So, right on. So they they went through his wallet. They found his ATM card, and then they they tortured him some more until he gave up the pen. But he gave them a fake pen. Good for him. <laughs> Ironically, they were in a bank, but there was no way to see if the pen was accurate. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> Holy fuck. Oh my god. So so Jamie and Robert they went to another bank to try the pen and an ATM. So Mark and John then proceeded to give David the worst death of any of the victims. And I'm not I'm oh. not really going to go into the details or whatever but uh, i'm gonna go into some of them not all of them but you know many different tools were used in the hours of torture all while the band live 
throwing copper was blasting to mask the noise. John's John's murder soundtrack. (sighs) But these pukes had actually worn themselves out doing all of this. And when when Jamie and Robert got back, David was dead. And that pissed them off. Yeah, specifically Robert. Like, they had done the kill without them. So, in angry, awkward silence, the four of them began dismembering the body and putting it into the barrel. And as they were doing this, John cut cut a large chunk of flesh from David's leg and with a grin said, party doesn't have to be over. Oh, no. Uh, Oh, no. (laughs) Yes. So... There was a kitchenette in the bank, and it had a hot plate in it. So John, oh. John began cooking, and they're they're doing this in the bank. In the bank, and he was. Where are the people in the bank? Where are the bank employees? Oh, at? it's an abandoned bank. It's empty. Oh. So um. Well, then, how did they think this shit was going to work? Nobody would do it. I mean, there was um. At one point, and this is off of a podcast. No, I mean, dude, you you don't go you don't go to a closed down bank to fucking use the ATM. No, they went to a different. They I went to something? they went to an actual bank to go to go try the the debit card or the ATM card. Okay. They went to a different bank. All right. So, but it didn't work. And when they got back, and when they got back, you know, um, it was dead. Yeah, you know, David was I got dead. You. They went to another place. Right. Okay, I got so, you. I got you. So, um, there was a kitchenette in the bank that, you know, and there was a hot plate. And, I mean, they were renting the building, so obviously they turned on the, the power to the building. Okay. So, Robert, so there, there was a, there, there was a kitchenette in the bank that had a hot plate, and John began cooking the chunk of David plush. And, um, Robert and John scarfed it down, and all of a sudden, Robert seemed to be not mad at John anymore for doing the killing without him. He had Jamie. Oh, here we go. Jamie couldn't do it. Mark tried it, but you know he 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 just tried to bite. He didn't need any more. John justified it by saying that their victims were animals. And what do you do with animals? You kill and eat them. Yeah. Okay. I I, I can see that. Yeah, but da- but yeah, dude, I'm David, not. Nah, dude, long pork is not a thing for me. Anyway, not the but point. David wasn't an animal. But David Sparrow. Well, we 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 know that, but in John's mind, he was, and that's what he was trying to make. You know, I get it. Yeah. No. I'm stating the obvious. No, in here. Jamie's <laughs> mind, he was. John and Robert, and maybe even Mark, just didn't give a shit. Jamie believed... They were just along for the ride. Yeah, Jamie Jamie didn't believe... You know, Jamie was the one that, you know, who John had twisted into believing all this bullshit. Yeah. So David Sparrow was sealed and put with the others. Elizabeth's brother, I didn't mention his name earlier, but it was Gary and Sinclair. Um, he was still on the police about Elizabeth. 
Mark didn't work, but he had a very nice house in a nice neighborhood. But the more Sinclair pressured the police, the more tiny details were discovered. He got a hold of Mark and Elizabeth's bank records. This woke up the police to the point to where they dug into it, and they searched Mark's house and found documents about the the old bank building in Snowtown, like rent receipts and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So on May 20th, 1999, the police entered the bank, uh, yeah, the abandoned bank building, and it was dusty. There was a computer, which they turned on. There was a hot plate that had been cleaned, but it was standing, you know, on its side in a dish rack. And that's as far as they had gone at this point. But one of, one of the police had found audio files on the computer. They listened to them, and they heard David's fault confession to all those horrific things that he had been forced to read. Oh. Yeah, nothing about this made sense. So they, you know, kept going deeper into the bank. And they went into another room. They found all sorts of tools scattered on the floor. Floor was freshly cleaned. Didn't have any dust on it. So they 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 came to the vault and they they saw the barrels and they tried to you know they tried to nudge them and everything because but they wouldn't move because they were full. Now, yeah. I was listening to another podcast about this and everything, but and I I I didn't find this in, you know, in the book that I read, but um at one point at one point the the smell was um like they could they could smell the, the the smell like outside the building, so what they did was they uh-huh. they put like plastic around the entrance to the um to the vault like that would okay. like that would do anything it wouldn't yeah <laughs> of course not <laughs> but um but one cop grabbed a screwdriver and opened. And opened one of the barrels, and then it all made sense. Oh, all was revealed. They saw the they saw what was left of the bodies, especially you know, and they opened all of them and everything, and they they obviously found the new bodies. Oh yeah, and you know they. They had to come in. They had to come in with gas masks and everything. But but then later they they brought in like forensic specialists and everything who also came with with gas masks and everything to to document the scene. But mm-hmm. they didn't do anything with it. They bolted all the the barrels back and left everything as they found it. Oh. Okay. And they put constant surveillance on the building. Oh. Good detective work. <laughs> so they know what's up, but they put everything back the way it was yep. and laid a trap. Fuck yeah. It's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. So meanwhile, another task force was working on trailing the flow of money coming into Mark's account. And they were traced to Suzanne and Ray, who had obviously vanished. But the connecting factor... In these missing people, it wasn't Mark; it was John. He knew. Oh, he knew these. Yeah. He knew these people. Mark didn't. So when they discovered that John had lived on the same street as two of the identity theft victims, aka Suzanne and Ray, 
Or, oh wait, no. Um, uh huh. Um, yeah, Susanna Ray. A warrant was ordered, and they dug up the garden of the house where John had lived, and the bodies of John's first two victims were discovered. Um, Happy Pants Ooh. and um, and Ray, I believe. Yeah, Ray. Or was it Ray? I don't yeah. know. There's so many of them. Yeah, I know, dude. I've kind of lost count, too. I don't remember who was buried where. Anyway. Well, he, they killed 12. So, um... Well, anyway, they, so they found they found the two that they buried on the on the land, right? So whoever they were, oh, it was it was Happy Pants because that was his first victim, and I I can't yeah. remember who the second victim was. I mean, it might have been it might have been Ray, it might have been Ray. Okay, I think it was. I think I think I it was know. too. Anyway, but, so in a swooping in a swooping re, you know action like a coordinated action. Um, the, the police arrested John, Mark, Robert, and Jamie all at the same time. So oh. that, that way they weren't able to like, Hey, I'm, I'm being arrested. You know, like I'm uh, the police are at my door. Yeah. Hi. Run. Yeah. So they run. So yeah. they, they coordinated it and it was just like, okay, all right. Um, synchronized watches. Go! <laughs> so. It was a coordinated attack. Coordinated attack. attack strategic. And. Yes. You know, it was a surgical strike. <laughs> I love that song. Oh, yeah. I had to go there. Hopefully we'll hear that on Friday. <laughs> I hope so, too. But, um. So. Yeah, it just they, they just whoosh, you know, and um at the at the police station, I mean, and, and it's just like okay, a lot a lot of a lot of times it's just like the police didn't even know what was going on with this and everything, and it wasn't due to bad police work. It's just because of the fact that you know John had been you know had put together a pretty good plan by storing his bodies, you know, storing the the victims' bodies in a place that was way far away from where he lived. You yeah. know, so it's just like they, John wasn't even on on anybody's radar at this point. You know, Elizabeth didn't, you know, didn't report her suspicions to the police because she was afraid of him. And, and they, and it's just, you know, it, it was the perfect crime. But once they found the place, I mean, the fucking detective work on this one is impeccable. Well, hey, we finally get some good detectives. Mm-hmm. In our stories, instead of all the crappy ones that we've covered, yeah, it's like, dude, like almost every story we cover is just crappy detective work. Like, I just don't give a fuck, whatever. No, nah, but the, but these Aust- you know? these Australian people were they were on point. But well, the Aussies fucking kick ass, so you know it is what it yeah, is. But. So, at the police station, they weren't allowed to talk to each other. And to you know to get their stories straight or whatever, but it it wouldn't oh, yeah. it wouldn't have mattered anyway. Uh, I mean, there there was no getting around the fact, you know, that like on the financial end. I mean, they they had them. I mean, they 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 had John and totally. they had John and Mark totally just on the financial end. Oh yeah, they still had to they still had to prove the um they still had to prove the murders, but but still, I mean, they could send them away for thirty years just for the 
just for all the the welfare fraud, you know. Uh huh. Oh, definitely. So, the the bodies and the bones, or the bodies and the bones. Okay. <laughs> Dude, that's a salt layer. If I Bo- ever heard one. Bodies and the bones. Yeah. The the yeah. bodies in the garden were just bones at this point, and there really wasn't much left of the majority of the bodies that were in the barrels. It's just John hadn't gotten around to dumping them yet. Yeah. But there was a couple of them that still had, obviously, especially, you know, David, who they had just done. Yeah. So, But the, the meat... Oh, the yeah. Me- there still had to be quite a bit of him left. Yeah. So the media descended on Snowtown, and it began packed with people wanting to, you know, wanting to see and everything. You know, it kind of reminded me of, like, the media circus when Bell Gunnis' farm was dug up. But, um, <laughs> yeah, right. But the, the meat rivet. But the, <laughs> <laughs> rivet. But the, the media called it the Snowtown murders, even though none of the suspects were from Snowtown. None of the murders actually happened in Snowtown. Well, a couple of them did. Yeah. But, well, a couple right. of them, but still. The prosecutors <sighs> needed a witness who would talk. Jody. Former former in law of Mark really had no clue about about anything that had happened other than the fraud, which, but they already had everything they needed on that. So yeah. Jamie's mother Elizabeth, she had been suffering from cancer and she died like around that same time before they could question her. Oh, so the, damn it! So there was one person left that they could, you know, get to talk, take a guess. Uh, John? John's the perp. I know. Who else is left? I don't remember who's left. Well, let's see. Robert, Mark, and Jamie are still alive. It's going to be one of them. All right. So one of them, then. <laughs> All right. You get a half point for that one. Actually, you know what? No, yeah, because, I, dude, because I gave dude, you, because I gave you that. You don't even. You, no, no. Yeah, I, I get. I get no point. Right. I get no points for that. <laughs> no, I totally get no points for that because honestly, we've been doing this for this one's been going on for a while. Yeah, I know. We're and almost done. We are it's, like, it's, it's hard to keep track. It's hard to keep track of who's left. I have. I have one page left. So, <laughs> all right, sweet. But you know what I mean, bro. Yeah, I get no points for that one at all right. because I, I totally did. It was Jamie. I was just lost. It was Jamie. All right. You know, he had just lost his mother. So he, you know, and he he cut a deal with the prosecution. And and this, uh, this I kind of found very interesting because of the fact that his deal, he would yeah. he would plead guilty. He would spill the beans and accept whatever sentence they dished out on him. But what kind of deal is that? It's a deal of somebody who's had enough. It's just like wants it to be over. No, but like who offers that deal? You know what I mean? Like seriously, dude, when they offer well, you a deal, already, it's like, they already had you tell they it, already you- had evidence on him. And everything that would that would place him with all of this, and he just like fuck it. I just want to be done with it. All right. Well, yeah, and still though, and man, he, I would have fucking, I would have been like, look, look, I'll tell you everything. They want to go into witness protection, 
and you'll never ever hear from me again. Yeah, but still, I mean that 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 didn't happen. And there's there's a statement from him which I so just 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 put me just put me in the outback with the Aborigines, dude. I'll be fine. <laughs> but they, yeah, there there's a statement where you know where he he's just like, yeah, I'm guilty, I'm guilty. Just yeah, just, well, no, I mean, dude, I I get what you're saying, dude. He knew it. He knew it was over, and whatever. I get it. And I he do. probably, it. especially, it probably had a lot to do with his mother dying. You know, it, it's just like. Yeah, you know, yeah, dude. When, you know, dude, when he got nothing left. Man, right. It's just like. Yeah, I get it. it. I, I totally get it. Yeah. And he, he, he even said, I accept full responsibility. I was guilty in, you know, my participation in this. I, I yes, accept. I, I, yes, I was complicit. Yes, I, I, accept. I accept. I get it. No, yeah. totally get it. Yeah. And you know what? More, you know, like hats, hats off to you. You're still a piece of shit, but hats off to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're still a scumbag, but at least you owned up to it. But, and, and the, the way the, dis, the, the way the defense attorney presented it was like, okay, if you do this, maybe the, you know, because of all the evidence they had, maybe the judge would take his, his participation into account when he was sentenced. Yeah. So Jamie was the first one tried and he received life in prison with the possibility of parole. Okay. See, so the judge did take a little bit of leniency on it. A little bit. But, um, Mark, John and Robert were tried together. Mark was tried alone because he wasn't directly involved in most of the murder. Right. John took the stand and thought that he was some type of vigilante hero. He thought he was Dexter. He proudly said, there are pedophiles and predators out there. They are hurting our children. The police do nothing. I did something. I stopped them. <laughs> okay. But the audio evidence. No, you didn't. Yeah. No, you you, you just padded your bank account. And with fucking welfare fraud, you just you 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 made up you made people to be the people that you were trying to fucking kill, just to get their fucking government check. Yep. So, um, fucking piece of shit. That and the audio evidence, because they found the the tape recordings of some of the actual torture and murder. Oh yeah, yeah that was more than enough to convict him. And. Fuck yeah! Well, not to not to mention the fact that they were calling some of these victims by name. So yeah, he and Robert were convicted of ten murders with, you know, with life in prison with no chance of parole. Um, Mark was sentenced to twenty five years as an accomplice, and he was denied parole in two thousand seventeen. All of them are still currently in prison. All right. And we're done. Where they fucking belong. Yep. I mean. And we're done. You know what? I don't even think that later, you know, like. What do you think about Jamie? Should, you know, like maybe when he was like 60, 70 years old, if he's still alive, maybe, maybe parole him or. I don't know, because, I mean, he, he was, he was, he was, he was very complicit. Yes, he was, and you know what? But but there's also I there's mean, also he, the fact you know that he's he's got the possibility of parole, but does that mean he deserves it? I don't think so. Right. I mean he he was yeah. It's just it's just they they would 
If he hadn't spilled the beans, they would have figured it out eventually anyway. Yeah. It would have taken it so, would have yeah, taken I mean, longer, but they would have still gotten it. I mean, and and this guy I mean, you know, they went they went easy not easy on him. They gave him life with parole, possibility of parole. Right. But he doesn't deserve parole. No, because he was totally complicit in all of this. Yeah. Well, from the from the point that he became involved on, which was early in Well, John's yeah, you, but you know what I mean. I mean, yeah, it's just like anyway. you Okay, the quest. Um, let's go back to our Gerald Gallego episode. You Gerald Gallego and his and his, right. and his wife. Would his wife had? Would his wife had become? And I can't remember her name. Angela, I think it was. I don't remember. But um, but would she have become a serial killer without him? No. Yeah, no, probably not. No, but would um, but, do you think Jamie would have become a serial killer if it if if it hadn't been for John? Probably not. Exactly. But but at the but at the same time though, dude, is I but I don't know this guy. I mean, dude, right. I don't know what his fucking what his deal is, you know, with his life, why he even fell in with this guy. You know what I mean? It's like... Yeah. Well, he looked up to him like a father. You know, he fell in with this guy and was complicit in quite a few murders. Yeah. However, would he have done that on his own? No, he wouldn't. I, I, I don't know. I, don't, I can't I don't, say. I don't, I don't, I don't, probably, I don't think he I would. Probably... I would say probably not, but you don't know. Right. But with Gerald Gallego's wife... Um... No, she definitely wouldn't. Wouldn't have. Been. No. So, but you know what I mean, though. Dude? It's like, I mean, I don't think she would have. I mean, dude, I don't, dude. Nobody, you know, whatever. Not nobody, but you know, it's like, dude, like when you're hanging out with somebody, dude, and they get in your head like that, dude, you just you do whatever just to fucking stay fit in, you know, pack mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude, exactly. Well, that, that's what it... So, I mean, so whether, so whether you would do it on your own or not is kind of irrelevant. True. Because you did it. Exactly. Because you, you did it. But, I mean, yeah, you know, it's that, they, you know, the mob rules, you know, that, that kind of, that mob mentality or, like you said, pack mentality where you just get... Dude, these guys are my friends. They're doing it, so it must be other than whatever. I'm in. Let's go, because I don't have friends. Yeah, or whatever. You know what I, I mean? I know, but it just. It's, but but at the same time, though, I mean, dude, it, dude, it's hard to say if somebody would have done something without the help. You know what I mean? Right. Because you just you don't know you don't you don't really know. Yeah, because that, that person's fucking mental. But because state. because I mean, Joe Galego's wife and yeah, I, I, I'm irritated because i can't remember her name but um <laughs> but right but um but she definitely would not have gone there definitely a hundred percent would not have been there if it had yeah been no i i agree now, but this guy this guy jamie he had been through like a lot of the same freaking brutal upbringing and a lot more of it than what john was this you know john had a john had a one yeah. and done issue you know, yeah. So it's hard to say. Would Jamie have snapped on his own later on in life? Who's to say? 
Yeah, who knows? Possibly, but possibly not. Maybe he could have got himself. Maybe, maybe if he found better friends, he could have got himself more well adjusted and just dealt with it. You know? Yeah, but who knows? But it, but it didn't help that it. We can't say. I can't say because you know what, dude? I don't. I don't. I've never walked. I haven't walked in his shoes. Right. Dude. I don't know what that guy went but through. But it, it, you know did, I mean? it I didn't help that it didn't help that Jamie's own mother was like totally enamored with John. Well, yeah, you know that that does kind of change things. Yeah, that, this which, is, this this case, it, which reminds me of a which reminds me of a funny story, but I ain't gonna go there right now. Okay, um, it it, it doesn't need to be here. Whatever. Anyway, so it's just that as horrific as this case was, a fucking a really riveting story. It is, dude. That's a crazy ass fucking story. Yeah, I mean it. It's definitely no, dude. I know, dude. I I thoroughly enjoyed it, even though no, it was it was longer than what we've been doing lately, dude. And I and I kind of I may have like missed some things <laughs> or got a little lost. <laughs> but it, but it is as horrible. But as no, horrible dude, as yeah, it was, definitely. as horrible as it was, and everything. It's just like I, I didn't really know much about this, about this case and everything, you know, and until. I read over Ryan Green's like book on Amazon. Yeah, I was just like, okay, we're covering. Oh, uh, dude, I never even heard of it, bro. So yeah. you know, but you told you, but I, <laughs> you know, but I, I just, I just like, you know, and, and it turned out I had listened to a podcast on it, but it was a very it, it was like forty five minutes. Like, how could you cover all of this yeah. in forty five minutes? You don't. They obviously you left don't. some shit out. They left but, a yeah. bunch of shit out. <laughs> and that's not what we do here at CKC. I mean, dude, we're 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 approaching three hours right now, but I mean we're babbling, <laughs> yeah. so you know it is what it but, is. But anyway, uh let's wrap it up and we will yes. um you know Patreon be out by the time this episode is released and um, our website blah 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 and I'm sick of talking for, <laughs> I'm sick of talking for tonight so until next time later cheers everybody 